Marc Messier, and you're listening to Blue Shirt of the Ground Show, the number one Rangers podcast. Make sure you tune in and find out all the latest news. Let's go, Rangers. Good evening, everybody. Welcome to the Blue Shirt Underground Show. Today is Wednesday. It is July the 13th. Free agency frenzy has begun. My name is Jim, and as always, I'm joined on the other side of the window by the one and only Eddie Guy. Eddie, good evening, sir. Busy, busy, busy. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. Usually these things are kind of duddish, but this was like trades and pits and salary dumps. And, uh, of course, the UFAs, it was fantastic. I have been glued to NHL Network since noon, since I am kind of afforded that luxury. And uh, I was tweeting, not tweeting, I was texting all my friends who actually have jobs still that, uh, you know, keeping them updated. It was great. It was nice of you to do that, to provide the news, the updates. Yes. Even all the breakdowns. I know you're on top of the Twitter, the Twitter, your face, you know, your Elliot Friedman, whatever he twit, tweets out. Or actually, I, I stayed off Twitter after things began. I was just, I had, um, I had TSN on, and then I had to switch over to Sportsnet because TSN is just, they get very hokey on that on that station. Just a lot of goofy filler and which one? TSN. Oh yeah, they, they get very, one? very Canadian, very hokey. Well, was it on ESPN two as well? ESPN T O O. Not. I I don't know. I didn't even look. I heard people complaining about Messier, and and Kevin Weeks was the only like decent guy. Now I I go to whenever I can go to Canada for my coverage. I go to Canada. My Uh, streaming service has the uh, very good job. My my streaming service has the has the Canadian sports networks and. That's where I go for my information. Oh, I don't have that. Yes. Well, I uh <clears throat> there was a draft show, right, Chris? Or TBS and one of those fucking things. 
equals Canada's East. Oh, explaining to me. Okay. Yes. Uh, They're owned by the same people. But I still like TSN better than ESPN. Well, of course. TSN, they cover the real sport. Right. Which is hockey. Well, we got a big guest, right, Jim? I can't wait to catch up with this. uh... Yes. Steve Cordianos will join us in just a minute to uh, talk about all these draft picks that we know nothing about. I know a little bit. I like I promised everybody I would do a little research. Now, I promised a clipboard, but the wife's out of town. I couldn't locate a clipboard. So make sure you got a <laughs> the wife's out of town. I couldn't I don't find know a anything clipboard. Is. He he hasn't eaten in three days, ladies and gentlemen. Dude, you don't even know. <laughs> so I, there's just I a just... steady stream of Grubhub vehicles down Eddie Street in Lake Ronkonkoma. It's true. <laughs> my wife did make me some uh uh turkey chili like in a vat like a witch's cauldron of <laughs> turkey chili so i could survive on that i'd like and as well as a like a, a two-ton bucket of pre-made tuna fish nice you no know, because I, I love tuna see i got a little manila folder in here with my papers and my questions that i'm going to give to steve um I know a little about the draft picks. That's just kind of a cursory thing, you know. You know, it's not like I'm watching every game these guys have played, and you know, I I'm sure Steve uh, streamed all the sh- uh, these guys, and I'm interested to know who he he wanted and we didn't get, and uh, we didn't have a lot of picks. Let's face it; it wasn't like a a boon year to, you know, kind of, to, you know, kind of get into the draft because the Rangers right. were out of the first round. They have one second round pick. They have one third or something. I don't know. So we'll get all into that. Okay. I mean, do you want to wait for Steve? Because Steve is a diehard Ranger fan as well. Steve's here. So let's get go. Let's get let's make Steve the official third host as long as he wants. You want to get because right to it? All right, ladies and gentlemen. Let's welcome back. He knows his shit. It's it's been a while. Steve, how are you? Great, guys. How uh how you guys doing? Good to well, see you. We're alive. After the pandemic, we all lived. So we all survived. We're surviving. So let's talk about the Ranger news before we deep. I want your immediate reaction to the Vincent Trocek deal. With some fans having a problem. Oh, you got a big problem. There's a big problem in Rangerland. Problem. I was uh, about to jump in the shower. I was getting ready, and I picked up my phone, and I said. Are you kidding me? <laughs> my wife said, "Are you okay? Are you okay?" I'm like, "Yeah, I'm all right." Was it? I, was it? Are you kidding me? Or was it? Are you kidding me? Kidding it me? was like, "Are you kidding me?" Um, okay, <laughs> but it, it's the term. It was the term. All right. Well, let me let me play devil's advocate to the that because I I don't have a problem with the term, mostly because I might be dead by the time the term ends. So. You know, whatever. But the Rangers, wouldn't you agree with me, guys, that the Rangers, people say, oh, this is a win-now contract. Well, shouldn't it be a win-now contract? The Rangers were the last team to get eliminated before the Stanley Cup. Shouldn't we go for it in the next two to three years? That's the thing. I'll worry about that then. Isn't the salary cap going to get, you know, it's going up in a couple of years. Right now we're dealing with a flat cap. Do you see? Let me ask you. Let me ask you this. Do you see Trocheck a better option than Cop 
or Strom? Yes, or- absolutely. Yes. Okay. What about you, Jim? How do you feel about this? Well, I, I kind of feel the same way you do. I'm not I'm not worried. Uh, the term, whatever. It, it is what it is. I mean, that's what buyouts are for if we have to worry about that in four or five years. I'm not I'm not worried about the term. They should be in they should be, like you said, they should be in in more of a win now mode. They are they were the, you know, two two games from the Stanley Cup final. So what else? I, I have no problem with it. Trocek is a is a guy they've been after for two, three years. He's a guy that everybody wanted when he was with the Panthers. That's all we heard about it. He was got to get Trocek, got to get him, got to get, or, or who was he with before the Panthers? Montreal, right? I don't think so. I thought he was who was, was he with somebody before the Panthers or, or maybe uh, he signed a con. I don't know. Before he signed a deal with the Panthers, his last deal, he was the guy everybody wanted. Now we got him. They don't want him. It's the term. It's I'm years. fine with it. It it is what it is. Uh, they were they, the same people wanted to give Kadri, who's the same age, the same money for the same year, more He's years. A little bit old, yeah. Or the, a little bit older. A little bit I'm, old. I'm fine with it. He's an up. He's an absolute upgrade. Yeah, he's definitely an upgrade. I mean, so you know, I guess a lot of people. I don't know. I I I think it's a good trade. I mean, and a good pickup. And, and, and he'll be a piece for the next when the next letter comes out for the next rebuild. He'll be one. He'll be one of the guys they trade for picks in 2025, 26. Uh, here we go, Steve. I wanted to ask you: Do you think what's your problem with the term? Considering that Tampa gave everybody eight years, I don't understand that. Right? I mean, is it? What's the thing that may give you the reaction as you are hopping into that show? It's it's simple. The young kids, a lot, you know, a couple of these kids are going to hit, and I, I think one or two of them are going to hit big. Lafreniere bringing one, and you got to figure one of Jones, Longquist, or Schneider. Uh, you got, uh, you know, Keandre Miller, uh, Kako. You, you know, like it's so we got to think with these guys at twenty four. 25 years old. Uh, I, I don't want it to be a Blackhawk situation or a King situation where you're terrible and you're stuck with all these contracts of veterans, um, you know, later on towards the end of it. But again, it, it, I, I, I completely agree with the fact that they just went to the conference final, really kind of should have went to the freaking Stanley Cup, but that's for another time. Uh, right. But so I I get it. I think a lot of older guys were kind of scarred for Neil Smith, where like he just was, you know, making all these deals. Like he has to get back to a cup. He has to keep uh, right, buying right. free agents and trading away youth. Obviously, this is a free agent signing, but on the surface, all in all, it's it's a good signing. Five years, I'd be ecstatic. But you know, those extra two, it's like. Mm, you know, right. Right. Oh, I, I hear you. Um, so the Rangers obviously think they're going some places. I think as Ranger fans, in the way back in the head, we're saying last year was a fluke. Shesterkin played out his ass. We got there. He was the only reason we got there. You tend to think of that. Also, some great deadline moves by Drury. Maybe they're not going back. Maybe they're not ready to get locked into like the go for it now mode. But when I've thought about it, they got a pretty good damn th- thing going. And, tr- you know, Trocek wins face-offs, which we need so badly. I mean, 
But I, like you said, it may stop from some of these guys that going forward are going to prosper. You know, there's a lot of there's a lot of good Ranger prospects, at least, you know, from what I'm looking at. Um, so I'm, I'm seeing what's the uh, chat room saying, Jim? Are they uh, pro Trocheck? Um, pretty much in in line, worried about the term. Everybody's worried about the term. Right. OK, so, uh, you know, and. You know, a lot of people were saying that Andrew Cop, you know, could have been had for five years for the same money. Well, Andrew Cop pretty much had it in his mind that he was going to Detroit. He's a Michigan yeah, guy. He wants to be with the they family. Were at the top of his list. And I don't know if you guys noticed this, and maybe it was just my imagination, but there seemed to be, and I don't know if this was just a COVID thing because everything that went on the last two years, there seemed to be a lot more players signing wanting to go home. Like you had, you had Goodrow kind of forced his way, not necessarily forced his way, but you know he's working his way to the East Coast. Uh, cop, it just seems like a lot of guys are are more concerned with playing closer to home than they used to be. Could be. Just I don't know. I just I heard that a few times today watching TSN, seeing guys sign here and there, and it just seemed like a, a, a quite a few guys. Like Giroux went to Ottawa, which to me I was. You know, I was baffled by until, you know, I kind of heard thought, heard him explain it that, you know, it's where he's from and he wanted to go home. So, yeah, that could be. That could be. I, I don't know. There's also going to be a reason these guys got long-term deals. I mean, Tampa Bay is a really smart organization. And the fact that they locked three or two or three guys up to $8 million. Sergachev, $8 million, eight years? Do you really think, Steve, do you really think that Sergachev is worth that? Or is there some kind of? He was big against us, um, you know, in that uh, <clears throat> in the conference final. I like Sergeyev. I've been following him since he was a uh, a prospect back in 2016. So uh, I get it. You, you know, they already let go of McDonough. Hedman, you don't know how much longer he's got left. Their their pipeline is really thin. They've gutted it significantly oh, over okay. the last few years. So. Uh, I understand why they did it. Um, I, it's hard to question anything Tampa does. Right. I mean, the, I, ju I just feel like for $8 million, you should be putting some more points up. Uh, and that, he could. And that, he and, could. Sergeyev has that ability. It's just a matter of usage, right? So I think Tampa Bay's power play, they have the four forwards. You know, they have Stamkos Point, Kucherov. They'll have another forward as the net front guy. I think it's... Cologne or whichever guy they use, and then Hedman. So, you know, maybe if you have Sergeyev with that big shot, that he could he could put up more points. But he's actually a pretty good defenseman too. He's got good size, good yeah, stick, yeah. No, holds no his line. So I think it's just more like listen, they won with him, so lock him up. You know, right? They've they've had success with him, and and uh, okay. So uh, I just wanted to address the Trocheck signing and. The, uh, but I, we could touch on Halak a little bit. I mean, I thought it was a solid, you know, for what he's going to be. I thought can't beat him, sign him. What? If you yeah. can't beat him, sign him. Oh, Lundqvist is out of the league now for uh, for Halak <laughs> to terrorize. <laughs> yeah. And uh, the spicy pork guy, uh, Deming there, uh, yeah. he's well, back. He's the, Keith, he's the new Keith Kincaid. <laughs> yeah, he'll play, he'll play, you know. But I think it's a smart move to load up on some of these guys who have experience like Halak because 
goaltending is very hard, very scarce. Capable goaltending. Yeah. At least we know Louis Domingue can stand in the net in a playoff game and not lose his, you know, his shit. Right. The Rangers are, can we all agree before we go into the draft and everything that if Shesterkin ever gets hurt for any kind of period of time, it's over. I think that's I mean, what Drury's trying to plan for. You know, he's trying to prepare. Right, that that's what I think. Georgiev showed that he he could not be trusted. No. Uh, and so, you know, you have a veteran like Halak. He's not Igor. He can't. But he's he, capable of playing really well and sometimes not so well. But yeah, you could take that. By the way, reported in the chat room and now made official by TSN, Johnny Gaudreau has left the Islanders and the Devils at the altar and is signed with the coach. Yes. <laughs> the Columbus Blue Jackets. Wow. That's huh? fantastic. I, I think uh -oh. Steve is perplexed. Yeah. Apparently Steve. they th they threw a lot, like $12 million was a number I heard earlier that they – seven years, 9.8 AAV is what Chris Gavalis is saying in the chat. Wow. So, I didn't want him – as on the rivals, I did no. not want him. I, you know, I would have been okay because the Flyers, you know, had wanted him in the early going. I would have been okay with that because I felt like with the Flyers, he would have done like the least amount of damage. Well, I, I really wouldn't have. It really wouldn't have bothered me much if he got to the Flyers playing under Torts. They're not going to be any good for a while. It wouldn't have bothered me, but if he's on the Devils in the Isle or the Islanders, that would have bugged me. So yeah, yes. I agree. Columbus. Hey, All right. Listen, they, they, Blue Jackets, they, they, they have to uh, restock their pool the last few years. So they're, they'll be dangerous, but they're still behind the Devils. They're behind the Ranges uh, in terms of like where, they, where they're at rebuild wise, if you want to call them a rebuild. I, you know, the goaltending's inconsistent. Um, you know, but they, on paper, the roster looks good. Now you're adding Gaudreau to a lineup that has freaking. Uh, Line A and uh, Texier, um, Bjorkstrand. It's it's who's that? Cole Sillinger, I think they have that that young. Yeah, guy. Sillinger's the first round pick from last year. They got, of course, uh, Wierenski. Uh, but hey, whatever. You know, if you're a Jackets fan, it's it's rare for them to get this uh, type. Yeah, of they never get like the big fish. Yeah. Right. So good for them. Mm -hmm. You know, they, yeah. they 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 lost Panarin. They lost Duchesne, uh When they had the that nice run in the playoff. So it, it helps. He helps them. He, he helps them immensely offensively. He's a hundred point guy. Yeah. I wondered like, you know, just to finish up on, on him, that if he's able to be able to put up 115 points playing with them, you know, rather than playing with uh, Kachuk and, you know, but he's, he's a great player, great offensive player. Yeah. All right. Steve, I, I actually wrote down questions to ask you. Okay. And this is this is a first on this broadcast. <laughs> I'm being at. Uh, we're talking about the, the, the current draft and maybe, you know, maybe the last two drafts. Do you think that COVID hindered the progress overall of a lot of the guys that were, say, not this year so much. Well, maybe this year too. Last three years, let's say, of the draft. Do you think it hindered the progress of the players that have played in the NHL and this year, not they haven't played, but the previous two years, not not widespread. I think it's more 
like a small percentage because a lot a lot of these guys uh they welcome the rest <laughs> you know what i mean they they welcomed it uh they just like like us you know when it comes to jobs like you, you, your job gives you extended time off and they're going to pay you for it you're like okay you know so <laughs> uh the 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 key for them was obviously stay in shape um the quality of play was really good this year i enjoyed it uh, yes wise. the playoffs were fantastic uh you know so i i think a lot of those guys they they, they used it as a reset spend more time with their families, you know, morale, mental state, big deal, big part of it. You want your families happy. Um, uh, as far as draft picks go, it really only impacted, I think, the OHL out of everybody else because they just shut their season down the whole season, whereas everybody else played like, you know, 15 games, 25 games. They had camps. They had uh, workout sessions on ice, off ice. I, I think it's in the rearview mirror. To be honest with you, I think everybody is like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like in real life, it's kind of like, you know. But the NHL had a really good plan. You know, when they came out with the return to play plan, so many people were so critical and saying, "No, you're gonna kill everybody," and and <laughs> it, it really worked out. It, the bubble was was fine. Um, I got used to it, not having fans in there. And, uh, you know, I don't like giving the league credit too much. Uh, no. But they, they, it worked. They were the, out of all the sports teams, uh, leagues, they, they were the ones that got it going the fastest. And we had playoffs. We had champions. We had drafts, everything. Right. Uh, I think uh, a couple of years back we had you on. And, and certainly – I'm not here to say, listen, you picked it. You said this guy. You get enough of that. I I, I respect what you do, man. And you got to have a tough skin if you're dealing with the social media and all that stuff. Sure. You know, I, I certainly get, you know, uh, you know, even when I occasionally go out there and say, all right, you should get this guy. I get 100 responses. This is so terrible. Why would yep. you suggest this? You you said that when the Rangers drafted Capo Caco yeah. that uh, – You've kind of thought he'd be a 30-30 guy in a couple years, and you said that if he isn't, that's on him. What is your opinion of Capo Caco now? It's uh, on see. him. It's on him. It's and on him. I, I am not going to blame the team. I've been watching this kid under a microscope uh, because, listen, you know, when you, when you cover a draft, you have to cover it based on what they do at the moment, right? right. That's what I do. I, I I try to articulate what the kids have done over the course of their draft year. And so with Kako, he was so fantastic. His in his, You could not marginalize anything that he did. He was setting records in the freaking league, in the SM League in Finland. He was dominating tournaments. He was outplaying Jack Hughes in these tournaments. So there was absolutely no sign whatsoever that there might be something wrong with this kid. He's got an attitude. He's not a good skater, whatever. And even the IQ, he never came across as a dumb or one-dimensional or high-maintenance kind of a wing who needed other people to do the work to get him the park and so on. I, I watched this kid dominate the boards. I watched him, you know, no one – to slip away from that board battle and get into the, the open uh, areas or open ice to you know fire that shot on net. 
he was finishing all kinds of ways, finishing backhand, forehand, wrist shot, one time, a breakaway, I mean, everything. And I'm watching this kid now the last two years, and he's lost in the offensive zone. He's lost. And, and one of the things I've been, I looked at in the postseason was when you have this kid line, usually when you have a, 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 any line, the, the coach will tell one guy in that line, I want you to be the first guy under the four check. I want you to be the guy that anticipates the clearing attempt or the hard around, usually behind the net. And, and you, the third forward, I want you to position yourself either in the slot so maybe if a loose puck squirts free, you're open. Or I want you on the other boards. So basically, Tampa Bay did this. One guy on the right boards, one guy on the left boards, one guy behind the net during a four check. And you basically force them to place the puck in the middle. And that's where the defenseman can activate pinch and, and maybe pick a playoff. It briefs well. It's not always perfect. but And I'm watching Kako. Hedo was doing what he was supposed to do. Lafreniere was definitely doing what he was supposed to do. And Kako. Kako was freaking lost. He was late. Uh, was missing to intercept passes. He wasn't there. And th on the flip side, when Lafreniere or Hedl had the puck, I'm like, Kako, freaking get open. There's an opening right there. And he and he was just lost. He was uh, joining a puck battle when he wasn't needed there. So now the issue is IQ and, and, and hockey sense, where he's not sensing where the puck is going. He's not sensing when he needs to release to go into those those soft areas near the net, you know, the high danger areas. And he's been, you know, the stick work is fine. He's, he's creating a lot of turnovers. He's good along the board still. That's fine. But, you know, when you're, and on top of all that, he's missing these gimme chances. Yes. So, I mean, we didn't see this. We, we didn't see this in his draft year. Right. We didn't see it. He wasn't doing this stuff. So is it like uh, people like oh he's he's playing out playing the power play of oh he's he's not the coaches no BS because Lafreniere caught hell all year he was benched demoted uh scratch well, I don't know if he was scratched but we, we I even said maybe send the kid to the AHL and he roared to life in, in the uh, in the postseason I think he when, was scratched for a game or two wasn't he Lafreniere during the year I think so. Didn't Gallant get upset about that? I, I think, think so. Gallant was like, he, Gallant was like, uh, give it a Molly, uh, whatever her name is there, the, Molly Walker. Break. Questioned her, and he was like, give it a break, Maui. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, Gallant but, was all. But yeah, the, the 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 point is that you know Kako's been here longer. <laughs> He's he he was here a year longer. He's had three, two and a half. I mean, two full if you want to add them all together. And outside of really good defensive play and some little moments here and there, like we're waiting on him. And I, and I, I, I openly admitted, I said, Hey, if he doesn't deliver next year, consider trading him, consider yeah, trading I, him. I think you're, I think you're right. I mean, I, I, I haven't, I haven't seen, you'll see like a two game, like, Oh, I could see something here, but I right. feel like he's, he's speed. I don't really like his speed. Uh, I don't he's know. Just late. He's late to a lot of spots. He's not. He's not beating. He's not winning his foot races, his 50-50 battles. You know, like Lafreniere was. He'll what? He'll surprise the. I oh, know, yeah, he had a great playoff. Right he had a great playoff. Uh, but um, it's just a playoff. 
uh, you know, they won the Carolina series, even though Capco, you know, <laughs> missed the, uh, you know, that the wide open. Net. Oh man. Uh, Between him and, and like, now he missed it. He missed it by a mile. <laughs> <laughs> Between right. him and Strom, I was gonna, you know, I was gonna have an embolism over here. These guys, <laughs> but, but wide to, open to, to wrap it all up about Capco, I, I think we we still got to give him time. If it's gonna take another year, fine. But as a Ranger fan, you're like, what the hell, man? Like, freaking Kraftov and Leah Sanders and Capco. I know. Top 10 picks. Number two pick. And I don't know. He looks very mopey on the bench, too. He's never really excited. I don't know if that that affects me as a fan more than, like, analyzing the guy's play. He's very expressionless. Yes. He's got all the expressions of Darth Vader. You know what? You know what bothered me, and I think everybody knows I've been in Kako's corner. You know, trying to, you know, his hype man. But you know what bothered me when he talked to the media after the end of the season and said, "I played my best hockey in the playoffs." I'm like what? Ugh. Wow, what? That's that's as good as you get. That's the best you play. That's it. That's what we get. That's not like, good Somebody's got to sit this kid down. He had moments. Like he, there were times where he had moments where he. Was, I remember a couple of moments where you were like, "Wow, he can do that!" Yeah, like he right. ran around the net and was like, "Oh, he he looked like he was dominating for like yeah. you know that one shift." Uh, so yeah, that's where we are, Rakako. I think I got to. They got to bring Rayo Rutsalainen in here to tell him how it is. Yeah, <laughs> get him a get him a finish. You know, Nico Lainen in. <laughs> right. I think that guy six is assists. the six assists. I think he's a coach. He needs a yeah. consigliere. Yeah, that's right. He has instead the six assists in one game. Right. Yeah. I guess the fly is. I think it would. I think the fly yes. is wearing pants. Yeah. Yes. I, I think you're right. <laughs> yeah. I think you're right about that. I just that. remember Bill Chavik destroying his name. <laughs> he was like uh, Mikelona Nonin Linoleum. <laughs> you know, like that's all I remember. But I think he's coaching overseas anyway. Uh, so, uh, what else did I have here? Well, I can't even read my own handwriting. All right. Well, uh, we talked about Kako. See, I just want to wrap it up with the Kako is that there are Ranger fans, and this is generally going for prospects or guys that we've drafted and are playing. They say, he's so young. Look at him. He's 21. I mean, you don't give up on guys that I I try to look, listen, you got to show me something. Just a yeah. little. I don't need much. I just need a little. I haven't seen it from him. And then I get destroyed when I say, you know, this guy stinks. Now, from what I say, to me, the guy is, he's not good. I mean, yes, he could mature, but I got to see a little. Just give me a little. I don't want a lot. I got patience. But uh, I don't know. What do you say to people that say, oh, you got to stick with a guy because he's young? Is that doesn't always work out? That's not true. Everyone thinks that. Well, if you just play, if wait until he's twenty-five, then he's going to have a twenty-five goal season, like sandwiched in there. Sometimes it just does not work out. Okay, you go. You could go. Go grab. Go to Hockey DB or Hockey Reference or the old NHL Guide and Record Book and look at all the top ten picks. They a lot don't hit. They just don't. And and that it can't be. You know, for every, you know, toxic coach who might have been mean to the kid and, like, really, you remember, like, uh, 
John Muckler called Manny Malhotra garbage. Yeah, he didn't even know who he was. Yeah, I remember right. that. Yeah, and Malhotra, that, he was pumped up like he's the safe future captain. Yeah, yeah. It, you know, it, but the, 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 it's mostly on the kids. When they get that first paycheck, what do they do with it? Who are they hanging out with off the ice? What do they do with their free time? Are they watching film? Are they you know, staying late after practice? Are they, uh, you know, scouting other goalies and trying to figure out, like, Kurt Schilling. I always think about Kurt Schilling, how he used to have a CD-ROM for every freaking batter in both <laughs> leagues. And he would, you know, and so sometimes if if your God-given abilities aren't doing it, aren't cutting it, where your wrist shot isn't beating NHL-caliber goalies, then then reinvent yourself or try to, you know, figure something out. And I, I don't know, I'm not... in. I don't live with Kako or hang out with him. I have no idea what he's doing on his free time. Uh, but it, it, in, in the, it, I don't think it's a question of effort uh, with him. No, it's, it's decision-making. His decision-making is poor. And, and how, and they say, you know, you, you, you can't fi uh, fix stupid. I don't want to call Kako a stupid player, but a big reason why he's not producing has nothing to do with the line mates, has nothing to do with the coach, has nothing to do with usage. A lot of it has to do with him. Right. So a lot, there are a lot of fans, a generation of fans, especially since the advent of the internet and people following prospects. You know, back in the day, I, I couldn't tell you who the, the yeah. guys were, you know. But now everybody's got their their, their favorites. And um, with Kako, it, it's like they, a lot of people are like, well, he doesn't play with the right line mates, like you said, right? Which to me is like, don't you have to earn to play on the first line? I mean, maybe that's an old school way of thinking it, but you just don't go right to the first. Look at you, you, you alluded to this before with Lafreniere. He hasn't had first line minutes. He doesn't play the power play, but he's—you could see the growth in this guy. Yeah, absolutely. He—he he hits. He's involved. He takes a little bit. The penalties is a little undisciplined at time with that, but that—that's nothing. I could see. That this guy is going to be something. You can just tell he's hitting, he's involved, uh, you know. And so, I'm not big on the guy's age. You can't give up on him. What are you crazy? Because a lot of people are invested in these guys like three years before they come to the Rangers. And when reality hits, sometimes it's not good. Well, it's like Leah Sanderson. Everyone made every excuse in the book. You know, I hated that pick. I hated it. I liked the kid. I had him ranked like 15th, and he did have a good. Postseason for HB 71, and that might have been the tipping point for Gordy Clark and uh, and Gordon. But everyone made every excuse in the book. Oh, he's he threw that medal in the stands because he's passionate. <laughs> right. Oh, he's 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 being misused. Oh, he he scores so much in Hartford. How come he's not scoring with the Rangers? Oh, he's he needs to play more. And I'm like, this kid hasn't done anything. He hasn't generated a scoring chance. He got a shot on goal, and then people were like, oh, Lee's had a scoring chance today. <laughs> and I'm like, no, this kid, this kid, and obviously from – and now that he, he got traded to the Kings, we got Cooley because of him. Beautiful uh, prospect. Wonderful, wonderful and, and Anderson, the Kings keep force-feeding him into that lineup when there's a million center prospects with higher upside that they, they keep him buried down in Ontario. And Anderson hasn't done anything. He hasn't done a thing. And now we're five years post-draft. So sometimes, like I said, kids just don't hit. And you got to move on. You got to cut the cord and say, let's try it again. We should have known when he fell on his ass on opening night. 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So hopefully that's should have known Kako. The thing about Kako is he he really was a very good defensive forward analytically and optically. He looked really good in the neutral zone, stealing pucks, convert you turning uh, a, a turnover into a, a break the other way, whether it be because of his pass, not really because of his speed. Uh, but so it may, it's not the end of the world if he could reinvent himself to be a, a really good bottom six checker, got a you know, penalty killer. I don't know, but I want to see him get open before the other team knows he's open. That's what I want to see. That's what goal scorers do. Okay. Now uh, the Rangers have a prospect camp going on, right? I think they have the something like that. Yeah. I think they have a prospect camp. Uh, the guys that I saw interviewed, they were very interesting. A lot of the guys the actually drafted this year were very, like, it's funny. They were all excited to be on the Rangers because they watched the Rangers in the playoffs, and they were all giddy about being a Ranger. They don't know about the history of this team. <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? They don't know the pain. Ask Dennis Ozelinch and Bruce Driver what, the, uh, what it was like to be a Ranger. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, so, uh I want to talk about the prospect camp. You mentioned Will Cooley. Yeah. I like this kid that they, what, they played two games in the junior championships, I think, or something last year or something. Yeah. Just got old COVID up. And I watched the two games that he played in. And uh, I like him. He's physical. He's a, he's, a, he's a gritty guy. I think it's a lot of Ranger fans who would like this guy. What do you think of Will Cooley? Uh, it, well, for the physicality and the fighting is fine. I'm, I, I fully support that that style of play. But he could score. Uh, he's okay. a scorer. And so uh, his team went deep in the OHL playoffs this year. They lost to Hamilton in the final, uh, Windsor. And his draft year, I watched him. I, you know, this kid, he was on some Team Canada's, right? The U-17, I think he was on the Helenka team as well, uh, the U-18. So I saw him doing some fancy things with the puck, stick handling, creating his own shots, toe drags. And I'm like, all right, so this is a power forward with hands and skill. And you, you, you saw that uh, from him this year, especially. Uh, and then even when I watched him play in Hartford, I think it was last year with the, the OHL shutdown, they allowed them to play in the A. Yeah, yeah. And, and he looked he looked pretty good. I think they gave him top six minutes. Uh, he was physical. He's a lot faster than people give him credit for. I think he's like got like what they call deceptive speed. But I'm a huge fan. And, you know, when you have Othman and Cooley – Similar players in terms of the physicality and the 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 the, the, the shooting prowess. Um, obviously, with Othman being a, lo- a little a little bit quicker, but uh, you know you have to be happy with his development. I, I I supported the pick the minute they got him. I'm like, thank God that you know we got rid of Anderson. We brought this kid in, and he's so far so good. Do you think he has a shot at making the Rangers this year, or he's going to be in Hartford? I have to see how free agency unfolds. Um, you know, Hartford last year was terrible in the second. They're always half. bad. Are they ever? No, good? they were good. They were good to the. Start they were good the to season. start, right? I went to a the, couple games last year. They 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 want to blame the call ups. I don't buy it, man. They just everything just went to you know crap, and they missed the playoffs so when they were so comfortable. They had a good nice cushion, and they just they were horrible in the second half. But uh, it looks like Hartford is going to get be younger next year. They're gonna it's going to have to be. Uh, from a uh, contract standpoint, you got kids coming over from Europe, kids graduating college, uh, kids graduating from the CHL. They're now 20 years old. So I, I think another 
I'd like to see a full year of Hartford uh, out of Cooley as a top line guy or a top six guy. Uh, he, he could, in theory, he could make it. But remember, the Rangers are a 50-win team. They, they, they have cup aspirations. I don't, they already have a kid line. I don't know if adding, you know, a, a kid like Cooley. I, I'd like to see him play, of course. Right. But if he's going to be like a crash and bang fourth line, and they got, they got plenty of guys that they could sign veteran types that, that could uh, fill that role and then let Cooley, because the AHL is a massive jump. People don't really give the AHL enough credit how it really is the second best league in the world. Better than the KHL, better than the Sweden, Finland. All those leagues could go take a back seat to the AHL. The AHL is legit because those everyone there knows they're one injury away from right. a, a promotion and the nice hotels and then right. and, and, and more money. So uh I'd like to see Cooley, you know, just pay his dues in the A. Uh, and then be one of the you know first kids called up if uh, you know something happens injury wise or someone's struggling. Yeah, it was funny. People are mentioning is Ken Janander still coaching Hartford? No, he is not. Play a coach. Play a coach. Yeah, he was a bad Ranger too. Wasn't uh, he on the '97 team? Didn't they call him up for like two? I think it was like a couple of games. They I just remember him. making fun yeah. of that guy, but, Daniel uh, Gano. Oh yeah, Daniel Gano's. I used to. Go right. <laughs> he beat the Devils. Yeah, that one great game against the Devils. Yeah, yeah. Uh, people asking something about the, what is this? Are they going to force Cooley and Othman play on their off wing because of the log jam? Who knows? Uh, they think- they both played either wing in junior. So I I want to say Othman is a left shot who plays right wing, right? And then Cooley's a right shot who plays left wing I, I, I think i got it mixed up but uh i don't uh, think it matters they, well, they, they, Brennan... they rush the puck to the net they, they're, they're strong they're they're physical uh i don't they, they the way they shoot the puck it's almost like a from from a prospect standpoint it's it's near elite they, they both have outstanding shots so i don't think it matters where they play just my opinion uh, well, a lot of Ranger fans wanted uh, Brennan Othman. I don't know how they they were, you know, a lot of times these people are just really not. I Listen, I'm not claiming to be an expert on everything in hockey, but when Ranger fans were claiming that they should bring Brennan, Oth- Brennan Othman up for the playoffs, I was oh. like, I don't think this is it's never going to happen. Why are you just even throwing this out there? But uh, I heard Othman uh, interviewed today, and he said the two players that he – really wants, you know, he loves is Matthew Kachuk and Kyle Connor of Winnipeg. Yeah. Which are diametrically just opposite players. Kyle sure. Connor won the, the Lady Bing. Matthew Kachuk is a monster. Yeah. Can, but they both can score, obviously. Who would you say that he plays more like? Or maybe there isn't a comparison, maybe any comparison. He reminds me of Adam Deadmarsh. You remember Adam Deadmarsh? Yeah, yeah. Yep. The guy in Colorado, um, uh, maybe a little bit of Billy Guerin. I know I'm, we're all going to date ourselves here, but there was a point where the Rangers, and when during the, the, the dark ages of 98 to 04, uh, they, they weren't a tough team to play against. So we all wanted the power forward, the scoring power forward, like a Keith Kachuk or an Adam Deadmarsh or a Billy Guerin. Mm-hmm. Um, where they they could shoot it, 
They could fight if they have to. They're physical. They finish their checks. Um, so uh, Makachuk, I would say Orthman because you know, Makachuk, if you watch him play, he's more methodical. He's not like like a buzzsaw out there smacking people around on the forward check. Uh, maybe Orthman will dial that back a little bit once he gets to the AHL. Uh, you know, if he's, especially because you don't want to get hurt. You know, I mean, it's to play right. that style. Orthman, and I noticed that in the playoffs this year, in the OHL playoffs, he wasn't launching himself into people like he, he did the year before in Switzerland or uh, the, in 1920 in the OHL. But I, I think that, yeah, he's, he's a, a, a power forward. He's a power wing. Uh, and so uh, Kyle Connor, maybe like the speed down the wing with the shot, I can see similarities size-wise. I think they're around the same height. Uh, but, you know, so it's like a, a mean Kyle Connor, you know, an angry, okay. undisciplined, <laughs> an angry undisciplined Kyle Connor. I don't know. Is that... <laughs> uh, he, he also mentioned that, well, he's not able to go to Hartford, right, this year if the Rangers don't. I no, he's I don't think go he back. is. He's got to go back. Maybe late window. in the season. Uh, Maybe late in the season. So, but so out of Cooley and Othman, who do you like better? Othman, yeah, I mean, but not not. It's not by much. I, I think they're, you know, Othman. I, I got a chance to see him live at the uh, the U eighteen World Championships, and I was you know writing my notes down like this kid is fantastic. All reason why I was not giddy about the pick was because he's a wing it's like okay right. we have all these wings yeah Kappa, got... Lafreniere, perhaps all of, um but uh yeah he's he's got legit 30 goal potential i know i said that about Kako too but um, <laughs> but you know it's a diff it's again it's a role yeah, I, I often you know jury's two drafts and we'll get into it i'm sure but he has a type and you know we yeah. saw what happened in the playoffs where it's like, dude, where's the effort? What happened in the second period against Pittsburgh in game game one? Like, just, just, just stop playing. Pittsburgh, go ahead and dominate us, please. Right. Carolina, yeah. go ahead and dominate us. We're not we're not happy with the uh, we don't like the puck. You take it. Like, no, I don't I don't okay. like that. I think Chess Starkin is gonna be worn out in the next they gotta fix that. Well, it's like they Hank Hank's early years. Remember, like Hank against uh you know the Buffalo series where clearly Rangers were overmatched, they had no business being there. And Hank, if it wasn't for stupid Drury, right? <laughs> people are like, "Why are you so anti Chris Drury?" I'm like, "Do you have any idea?" Yeah, what no, I did to me. I didn't even like his face. <laughs> and then we signed him, and he stinks. He stinks. Right. He's the one of the worst captains we ever had. He, he's got a he face is. like he swallowed a lemon. Jim hates him. Steve. He is literally my most hated Ranger of all time. Yeah, but as long as my most hated Ranger, I love him. Yeah, What's I had to give him credit though, because he built a pretty good team. Uh, Even, he, I mean, you know, he, a lot of it was Gordon, but you know, he pushed the right buttons last year. I mean, you got yeah, the absolutely. trading deadline alone; everything yeah. was a hit. Uh, Steve, we've kind of got some questions coming in from the chat. They're a, a little all over the place, but that's okay. Uh, we got a question from Mario, who wanted to know if you know anything about the defenseman the Rangers got for Patrick Nemeth today, Ty Emerson. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, Ty Emerson. Which, by the way, was an amazing trade. He I unloaded Nemeth's contract, got a live body and a draft pick, right? Dude, okay, so here we are, Bash and Drury. That is a <laughs> wonderful trade because a, a I could not stand Nemeth. I thought that he 
he I don't know about that. Isn't he, wasn't he brought in to teach Niels Lundqvist Swedish? That pairing was terrible. <laughs> uh, with all due respect to Nils, he's a young kid, but that that, <laughs> that that pairing. You know what's funny about Nemeth? He cost Colorado the Vegas series. Yeah, because I, I, I do I do a team by team preview. But anyway, uh, back to uh, Emerson. So Emerson was on the NCDP back in 2018. And I believe he and Keandre Miller were, were partners. Oh. Or they might have been on I – th- I forgot if Emerson is a lefty or righty. Uh, but the, the, he, they, he played at Wisconsin. He played at Wisconsin as well. So uh, Emerson is physical and he could skate. And very good defensive defenseman. Uh, right the offense didn't really develop in college and, and uh, uh, you know, thereafter. But he is a kid. He's physical and he could skate and he's got size. Puck management is pretty good. He's like a no-nonsense meat and potatoes type. Not going to try to go coast to coast or anything like that. So uh, you could say addition by subtraction, but I'm a huge Emerson fan. I think he was oh, uh, an Arizona uh, prospect. And... I don't know what happened to him. Is that who they traded Nemeth to, Arizona? Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yeah. And they, they got a draft pick and Ty Emerson back in the deal. That's beautiful. A third or fourth round, something like that. And That's and there's, beautiful. There's so we got rid of Nemeth the, and we got a prospect, <laughs> yeah, maybe a C, some, between a C and a B-level prospect and a draft pick. Bye, and Nemeth. Yeah, and another guy, is, he's another guy that I noticed, another one of these college guys, the Rangers, you know, they like these well, – Jury's like USA. He wants all these college guys. Yeah, right. Which I'm I mean, glad because I feel like I know this is blasphemy. I used to be like I used to love the mystique of the Russians, you know, from back in the day. This unknown quantity. They're supposed to be, you know. Now I'm just sick and tired of waiting for guys. <laughs> I don't know if he could come. And that brings me to, I guess, the question that was gonna be asked: what about Kravtsov? Let me just say, I, I collect hockey cards, and I invested in I got about $2,000 worth of cards of crafts off. Is is he going to play? Well, we don't know if he's going to play. I don't is know, he damaged man. or what? I mean, the pick was a little – I liked him. The pick was a little controversial for me, a little off the board. Another situation where it looks like Gordy Clark uh, fell in love with his postseason, which is what happened with Leah Sanderson. Where and I, I I agree with that to a degree where the postseason is to me more important and more indicative than let's say a tournament like Slavkovsky dominated all these tournaments but you know how do you play in the postseason on his league on his league team league team yeah uh, so uh, with Kravtsov listen he's he seems well comfortable in Russia we all know the drama he was he wants to play all right that's a good thing but. You know, it's the situation that the Rangers kind of created themselves because, you know, Kreider got extended, Panarin's Panarin. They won back-to-back lotteries where they had to pick wings. They weren't – as much as we would have, in retrospect, liked to have Trevor Zegris or Mo Sider instead of Capocacco, there was no alternative. The Devils took Jack Hughes, you take Capocacco. You win the lottery in 2020 – you draft the wing. You don't draft the center byfield. You take you take Lafreniere, and that looks like it was a smart decision. So it's it's kind of like bad luck for Kraft or the ping pong ball. Uh, right. It's basically because if the Rangers don't win those lotteries, they probably draft a defenseman and a center. You know what I mean? And so we're looking at 
Kravtsov a guaranteed lock to be on that first or second line by 2022. And now we're like third line at best right now because if they decide to bump up Lafreniere, um, you know, I guess to replace Vetrano, would that be the yeah. replacement? Yeah, uh, uh, yeah. Vetrano is what the right wing on that line. Yeah, and then the uh, Panarin, Trocheck, and I mean, you know, maybe, maybe I, I'm, I don't know. There, there's three wings that we're all waiting for them to explode, right? The three first round picks: Kako, Lafreniere, and Kravtsov, and you could only all three of them are not going to be in the top six. So is Kravtsov going to be happy on a? Yeah, that's that because I think my my take from that, first of all, there was a room and I don't know if you heard this, that he got dressed down by Chris Drury uh, um, at a practice, I think. I don't know what it was. And I don't think he really understands what it takes to play in the NHL. Like you start off at the bottom. You don't. He's probably like, you know, and camp was like, you know, I'm better than half these guys. Why aren't I playing? You know, and. That goes to his immaturity. I don't, you know, I don't know. I think this both sides have blame. The Rangers got to learn to, to, they got unlimited resources yeah. outside of the cap. And they just, you know, they got Buknevich and uh, Shesterkin taking a, a freaking ride by themselves. They should be chauffeured around, you know, it gets hurt, the whole thing back. back. You know what's sad? It's sad. What I got, what upset me about Kravtsov is I, Although the numbers, the stats didn't look great from his, you know, 2021 season. I thought he looked good. He was on the fourth line. And he actually, remember, he earned a promotion to the Panarin line. Right. And so we had, you know, the kid line wasn't built for the last season. It was built by David Quinn. And that kid line was really good. Hedl, Cackle, Lafreniere. Uh, and I they did a podcast about it. How... And then you have Kravtsov playing from the fourth line, and even on the fourth line, he was he was pro- not productive, but he was he was just visible. He was generating, he was scoring a nice goal. Wasn't it one where he was like falling down and he put it in? I don't know. It was a preset, but I could see. See, that's again. We we'll go back to Kako. I could see that this guy had something. Yeah, he definitely does. Yeah. That's all I need to see with a young guy. But I mean, why is he coming? Why is he going to come back to the U.S.? And play other than try to make the team, right? I know he has got no trade value. I mean, at this point, uh, you know, maybe I mean, like I said, he he saw the postseason, yeah, and it's like I could have been a part of that if I just kept my freaking mouth shut and I was a good worker bee. And I'm like, yeah, I'll play in the fourth line. I'll do whatever you can. You know, he would have he would have been a nice option to have. I mean, the fourth line outside of a couple, you know, Rooney's gone, right? Right. Okay, yes. he's gone. He was terrible in the postseason. Terrible. Uh, the, uh, Reeves, he has his moments. Okay? Oh, no, I hate Reeves. But he, I'm saying he has his moments. Like, he, he has a purpose. I'm with the goon. What's the purpose, in the though, body. Steve? He doesn't fight. He, just, he had four fights the whole year. Yeah, he hits. He hits. But uh, very disappointed with him. I mean, you know. Yeah, but, like, uh, so you, you have, not, like, Kravtsov on a fourth line. Uh, you know, you could maybe like tinker things, you know, maybe have him as the dedicated guy with Strom and Panarin. Like there were always possibilities. So maybe that's what, what he's like, yeah, I could have, I could have been a part of that. Look how much fun these young kids have been. 
I remember them from camp or, you know, Hartford, uh, you know, playing with them last year. So maybe he got, no, he I, felt guilty. Yeah. I hear I, uh, and you never know guys go down and then he could be moved up. I mean, there's a lot of things that could go on. I, I mean, I don't want to kill Reeves, but he's, he's older. Everybody on the Rangers yeah, in the, you know, after the second round was completely gassed. And he was the gassiest. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> gassiest. All right, Jim, back he to you. He blew his whole load in that first period of game one against Pittsburgh. Oh, man, yeah. that was the that best. Was it. That, was it. that was it. They're hitting everybody. I'm like, this right. is domination. I'm getting that, that was it. That was it. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, so before we get to this year's draft pick, Steve, I'm, I'm going to besides Othman and besides Will Cooley and whoever else we've talked about. Who else in the last couple of years that the Rangers have drafted? Who else has got you excited? Who else do you think? Jones. You know, Zach Jones. Zach Jones? Yeah. I like yeah. Zach Jones, too. Yeah. he. I, so I watched a lot of Hartford this year. Uh, I actually took a break for a month from watching the draft kids because I had everything already mapped out. Uh, and so I watched, I think it was February. I watched nothing but the AHL. And uh, Jones was the legitimate number one guy in that team, defenseman. Yep. He was the guy that controlled everything. He was the most reliable. The veteran forwards, the veteran defenseman on, on the Wolfpack would, uh, you know, uh, acquiesce duties to him. He's confident. He's got a hell of a shot. He's almost like a fourth forward out there, but he's – He's the size. I don't think will ever be an issue. You talk about IQ. This kid's IQ is through the roof. Um, the issue was that I, I think he's a uh, left shot, whereas Nils and Schneider are right. So that's Nils why Lundquist they get is here. The, by the way, this pencil. <laughs> What's going on with that guy's weight? That guy's. I, I saw a couple of Hartford games. I was like, this guy. It's gonna be a tough road for this guy to the NHL at that weight he's playing at. Who Jones? No Lundquist. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He was always a smaller guy, though, you know. And I, I I've seen him in, in I've, I've stood next to him before. I've seen him at tournaments. Uh, he's not big. Uh, <laughs> he's he's not very big. Uh, but you know, he he's he's he was very good in Sweden. Very good in Sweden. Uh, they were paired together, right? Jones and Lundqvist most of the year, I think. Yeah, uh, and Robertson was paired, I think, too, also with schneider or jones uh but um he's the guy and then and then the the other kid I, I'm, I'm a big fan of is, is broad the uh the, the the agitator but he's got a lot of skill uh playing for providence in the uh, in hockey east the college um you know another wing we have all these wings and abundance of wings abundance of defensemen but if, if you would say take away crabs off take away Offman, take away cooley uh, to me, Z Jones is their best prospect right now. Not, not playing in the NHL. I think that his upside is is really is 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 pretty high. But we you know, surprised Scott. And... Uh, I know Braden Schneider was you know certainly uh, you know you know well touted before he played. But what you, what did you think about his playoff performance? I thought he was great, like for what he was. Or maybe you give me the grimace there. You're... <laughs> You're free to you're free to. Uh... Yeah, it was it was a learning experience. Well, he got um, caught out of position. Had, a couple times. Here's the thing, I I, I viewed it. You got to look at it two ways. First, you got to look at it as I'm a fan. I want my team to freaking win. And then you got to look at it as like I'm a fan. I want my team to be set 
long term. In the short term, he drove me freaking crazy. Uh, <laughs> the 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 Braun Schneider pairing was trapped in the, the, the. It seemed like both Pittsburgh and Carolina knew that all six range defensemen, and that includes Fox. Uh, Lindgren was the best that I think everybody, but that the range defensemen were prone to fumble the puck, turn it over under the weight of a heavy forward check or a heavy pressure. Yeah, forward pressure check. the D, just that you could yeah, see. Yeah. And so right. Braun and Schneider were the main, I mean, it was Brindamore. I think I even tweeted it out. Or I, I, I talked about it where Brindamore made it a point to get the Aho line matched up against those. So he was changing on the fly. Uh, if it wasn't a, 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 a draw, but again, forget about that. He's a young kid. He got his first taste of, I mean, think about the teams that Schneider played against. He played against the, the Crosby Malkin Penguins and they were playing fantastic. Uh, the Penguins, I hate them, but you got to admit they were, they, they look freaking oh, yeah, they... dominant in that series. They played against the best team in the East, the Carolina Hurricanes, and then the freaking Tampa Bay Lightning two-time defending Stanley Cup champion. So that's a that's a great learning experience for Schneider when he plays teams like you know San Jose and Ottawa. He's going to be like, oh, okay, right, you know. <laughs> uh, so it's going to be good for him. But short term, you it would have been nice if they had someone like a veteran, maybe right. on the right side to plug in. But I, I don't think the 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 bottom pairing in the fourth line, like Rooney, definitely cost them. I think at least one game. <laughs> yeah, but um, I, I like Schneider. He's growing on me. I I didn't like the pick at the time, uh, but clearly you see what they like. I don't think he's ever going to really put up points, but I don't think you really care because you're going to get that out of Fox and Truba and I think Miller uh, too. Yeah. Jim, any more questions uh, from the chat room? Or- uh, let's see. He covered – somebody was asking about Brett Berard, which you covered. Uh, I don't think so. By the way, speaking of Justin Braun, I don't know if you saw this. He went back to the Flyers. So he Flyers, was he yeah. was a true rental. He really was. He was yeah. a true rental. The Rangers brought him back clean and full of gas. He was, he, he was uh, I think, serviceable. I thought yeah. he was too. Again, every, I, every guy he picked up by the trading deadline was – yeah. And they're all gone. They're they're all gone. All gone. They're all gone. Ravamont yeah. hasn't officially landed anywhere, has he? Uh, no, I don't believe so. But according to uh, my source, who's Eddie Geik, <laughs> Drury well, said Dan Rosen no said he was on the Zoom call with Drury, and that Drury, uh, when they asked about Mott, Drury was kind of like, you know, we're looking for a different type of player. Oh, and then know. they said, well, what kind of player are you looking for? And they're like uh, a bargain, like a bargain basement center. So, don't ask well, me. Wasn't that Tyler Mott? Was he only making like seven hundred fifty? I mean, how, how much I more bargain? In, in, in NHL terms, how much more Mott, though, Mott, Mott is battle tested though. He's he's been on two deep playoff runs at least. One with well, I, I like the Mott. But they should. So, uh, I, I like him a lot. They got eight dollars left on the cap. They can't get Mott. So. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know about that. Um, anybody more? Because I just want to. So now I can act like an expert. One more question uh, okay. that just came in: Are there any other uh, any other goaltenders in the in the pipeline that are working their way up? Or the um, well, they let they didn't qualify Wall right, so he's right. Pilot Wall. 
Huska was up and down last year in Hartford. Uh, there was a point where I'm like, I'd rather have him than Georgiev, and then I was like, no, 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 no. keep him, keep him down there. Uh, the the Limbaum kid, I think we can, I don't think we could close the book on him just yet. Uh, he actually, he's the guy that when they drafted him. <laughs> I was so freaking mad, but it was uh, second round pick, right? That was the second round pick, wasn't it? I was so mad, and I'm like in the stands in uh, so it was 2018. I think it was in Dallas was where the draft was that year, and and people sitting next to me has been like, "Why are you so passionate? Why do you care so much about the second round pick?" I'm like, "Do you have any idea who they just drafted and who they passed on?" But anyway, he he looks to be okay. The um, the other Swedish kid, the big massive one, uh, Olas, he's he's pretty good. He's developing fine. Uh, the concern right now. Oh, and then Garand. Garand was Garand. Yeah, that for um, I want to say Camloops. Wasn't he? He was. Was he on the junior team? Was he on the Canadian junior team? That dude. Yeah, but he was on. Uh, I want to say that he was on Camloops. And uh, they went to the WHL final against Seattle. It was actually a really good series. And uh, Garan was very good. Excellent. Uh, Camloops was one of the best teams in WHL this year. And Garan was their number one. So even though he's not a big guy, that's kind of like progression-wise, that's what you want to see. So I think the goaltending situation is, is above average if you compare it to the other teams. When you have that's all the bomb. Uh, Huska and Garand, and I'm forgetting somebody else, Boyko. Uh, so, you, you know, what we have to be concerned about Igor's health. But, you know, one thing that we learned is Benoit Lair is a magician and that he could turn. Look what happened with Henrik. We always worried about Henrik, but Henrik's backups, whether it was B Ron, freaking Skapsky, and his. To three wins or two wins against Buffalo. Against Buffalo, yeah. Uh, uh, Alex Ald. Uh, Ranta. Ranta was uh, good. Cam who Talbot. Was the other guy? Cam Talbot. Talbot. Yeah, Talbot was stabilizing the season. Uh, was it back in 2014 or 15? So uh, that I, I think no matter whom the Rangers draft, goaltending wise, or who they sign as free agent, they'll always find a capable backup for Igor. That if Igor goes down, they'll have someone to summon. But I think the pipeline's in, in, in pretty good in pretty good shape uh, goaltending-wise. Okay. Somebody put said Garant is the future. Uh, maybe when I'm 70 years old, he'll be the future. Because <laughs> goaltenders have a long learning curve. Yeah. Uh, I just want – this is a question that I, I have. Like, each league, like the United States Hockey League, right, yeah, the, the development league, and then you got the OHL, and then we got the, the, the Quebec Major. You know, all these, and the WHL or whatever. What is this the prototype player for each league? Like, I remember last time I talked to you, and I, the, the Q was always considered a very scoring league. Well, was is it that way? And how do the leagues correspond, or is it just even? Uh, the OHL jumped it. If you want to just look at the raw numbers, goals per game. The OHL is the highest scoring. I'm pretty sure the OHL is the highest scoring junior league in the world. Like that creates, develops NHL prospects. You know, so you look at the 
the J20 Super Elite in or uh, Nationale in Sweden, the SM Sarge in Finland, the MHL Russia, uh, ELJ in the Czech Republic, USHL here in the States, and then, of course, the three major junior leagues in Canada. The OHL is the big running gun league. Um, the Quebec League, though, is the smallest. They have, like, so many guys on a standard Quebec League team who are 5'8", 5'7", 5'9", defensemen, goalies. So I don't know if it's in the water in, in Quebec. <laughs> Short um, French people. Yeah, uh, <laughs> but uh, it, that, that's what I've noticed. Um, but really, in the end, although USA Hockey's, you know, turning for the, you know, changing for the better or is improving, uh, and teams are definitely drafting more players away from Canadian Majors Junior, the OHL and the WHL is still, in my opinion, one and two uh, in terms of developing NHL talent. You know, so many GMs and scouts and assistant GMs and scouting directors are, are CHL veterans. They played in the NHL before that. They played, you know, Canadian Major Junior. So it just it makes the, the transition, uh, I guess, easier to go from, you know, being billeted and, you know, doing the traveling on the buses across Canada, friggin' eight, nine, 10 hour road trips. Not that the European kids don't do that as well, but uh, I don't think there's like, you know, a, a junior league or a pool that you could say they make the best players. I think it's all, you know, college, you get the bigger defensemen, the more two-way type, physically mature, stronger, more muscle, uh, you know, European elite leagues, you get the professional aspect where they get a paycheck and they make a lot of money. So they, when they come to the States, they'll won't be blown away by, you know, making what, you know, 15, $25,000 a month or whatever they get in the beginning, maybe more than that. Um, so it, it all varies really. And there's really no, there's no silver no bullet. Set. What, uh, what about, um, this is the thing I have tough buying. And uh, like these Swedes are playing like on the Swedish elite league that they play with men. They're playing against men already. How much weight does that really, is that an overrated thing? I mean, I've seen it with my own eyes that when they come here, it really doesn't matter much. I mean, is that, is that something you agree with or what's your take on that? Yeah. I, the more I've, I've done this and, and you could, you could blame Cat going away for it for for dominating the SM Liga and dominating the World Championships and saying, "Oh, well, he's playing against men." Whereas I'm like, "Wait a minute!" You know, I did the research. I'm like, Stamkos never played against men. Tavares never played against men. Crosby <laughs> never played against men. Uh, go down the list of all star superstar. Braden Point never played against men. You know what I mean? Uh, so it's kind of like this. It seems like we're all and the teams mention this in their in their in their post draft interviews. They'll say we like him. He's played against men. Yeah, it's a cliche. I you mean, know. it is a cliche because in the end, um, I think what what offsets that advantage is the cultural change. So you're playing against men in Europe, and you're in a European city and European culture and European diet. And, uh, you know, European women, <laughs> you know, and now you're coming over to North America and you're dealing with the, it's a massive change, you know, to go right. from, let's say Prague to 
you know, a USHL city or a, you know, Western Canadian city where all you have is like one shopping mall and a bunch of truck stops. Right. Uh, and I'm not trying to disparage those places. It's just, the, it's the reality, you know? Right. Um, right. So I, I don't think it really, you know, some leagues like the Czech leagues are more physical. So like a guy like Heedle, it might've tempered him when he got to North America because he was used to getting hit where in, in Sweden and Finland, it's not as physical. Uh, to me, the Russian leagues are the closest to uh, North American hockey because they some of those teams like really they freaking hate each other, uh, right. like like big rivalries, and um, you see it in the play, like knee on knee hits and Morty McSorley style <laughs> whack jobs to the head. Um, but I, I don't think you know. The more I do this, the more I realize like if the kid destroys the junior leagues, then who cares what he does against the men? He destroyed his own age group. So when he's 25, the kids that he destroyed, they're going to be 25 as well, or 24 and 26. So that's how you got, you got to look at it. Unless, unless the priority for the draft is to get kids who are going to be ready the fastest. And maybe if they play against men, that accelerates the, the promotion. But the ring sizes are different there in Sweden as yes. well, right? So that's another adjustment that they have to make. Um, I, I want to just – I swear, Jen, this will be the last question I have outside of the fix. Do you think – I have a conspiracy theory that Canada hates the state teams. They The Rangers get no love from Canada whatsoever, no matter how good they're doing – even with this, the, their season, it just was Shesterkin. And you got to barely mention that you know uh, Kreider had fifty-two goals, or Adam Fox is 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 what is arguably the best Ranger power play quarterback since Brian Leach. I mean, only I feel like we, there is a bias. I always, always, always. Good. I'm and glad. I, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. Uh, yeah. I'm not screwy. This is no, I think my you guys been following the team longer than I have. Uh, but when I when I started becoming a Ranger fan, the Rangers were always uh, the team that would focus on Europeans and American kids and college kids. Where and you can't whether the guys running the team were Canadian or American. Uh, you know, Craig Patrick, he in my opinion, he built the '94 team just as much as Neil Smith. Uh, and so, uh, the other thing was the narrative about the ranges by the superstars. Right. They bought a and cup. They bought a cup. And, uh, so it, it's always been the case. And, and I, I remember when I used to live upstate, uh, near Syracuse, I used to get the CBC, uh, Kingston. So I would watch hockey night in Canada and it was amazing how they always, Try to find, especially during the Capital Series, let's say in 2012, uh, they they tried to find the Canadian angle, and the Canadian angle was Braden Holpe, and they would always talk about him. I'm like, dude, the frickin' Rangers are a 50 win team. Like Lundqvist just had a hard caliber season. Talk about the Rangers, and and it, they don't do it. That's that's it, always been the case. Always been the case to this day that the Canadian media they have this thing against the Rangers. And if you have to watch a national broadcast and you get in the Canadian feed, you're going to get 
they'll find someone on the other team who's Canadian and and that will be the focus. Their It'll focus. be the focus point. Yeah. Right. Like Chris Letang. Uh, what is he? What, Chris Letang never runs out of gas or something. Oh, actually, I think it was Sam Rosen. It was fresh. It was fresh. No, uh, yeah, yeah. That's infuriating about watching a Ranger game with Sam. They talk about the other team the whole game. I don't know what's going on. You know what? I look at it this way. In 94, Gary Thorne and Bill Clement was so pro they were so yeah, they pro were. Ranger on national television for ESPN. I think that was like, okay, we can't we can never have that happen again. We can't have a pro <laughs> a pro Ranger broadcast like that. And Gary Thorne used to do Devils games. Yes. That was a funny thing. They, right. they were in love with the with the Ranger Cup run. So, but I, I, I've accepted it when I watch uh, a national a Canadian feed, a Canadian media. And the thing about the Canadian media, they really have no real grasp or pulse on the Rangers. They don't care about them, so they always kind of uh, misevaluate them, or uh, if, if that's even a word, uh, they 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 just they just when they, when I hear them talk about the Rangers, I feel like they don't really have a pulse of what's really going on. Uh, it's funny you mentioned that. There was a I was when I was watching uh, TSN today. They they were talking. They had this girl there in, in the studio with them. I don't know her name, and she was she was so excited that Andrew Cop was going to Detroit. You would think she was getting a pe like she was his agent. Yeah, but she's like, I I'm so glad because I think Andrew Cop is is was the guy who most. Uh, what, how did she put it? Most improved his value in the playoffs. And I'm like, what? He was terrible in the playoffs. I yeah, mean, he yeah. had a couple of he goals had, early. He had a strong reputation before that, so that's nonsense. But, but, yeah. I was like, did you even he watch? I mean, so it's just funny that you mentioned like that they have no no finger on the on the pole because no. she had no clue. She, she had, had no clue. clue. She didn't watch one game of the Rangers in the playoffs. I guarantee it. Right. You know, and Detroit is almost like, you know, Canada South. So she's probably happy about that, too. Right. Yeah. We will never get we will never get love from north of the border as Ranger fans. Never, never. And then, then they put carry, the Boston guy McDonough to do the games. Does it uh, does that carry over to like the drafting as well? Like from the U.S., like the USHL? Do they not scout it as hard? Or yeah. I, and listen, I might, I'm going to I'm going to insult some people that I know and that uh, I have God. a relationship with. But the reality is that the mentality in Canada is that Canadian Major Junior. I know I just said that they're the best at developing, you know, the dub and the O, uh, but that they really think that the USHL is like a step below. And it it's not. And we've actually had, especially beginning in 2019, where the USHL and the NTDP have outdrafted Canadian Major Junior. I mean, the OHL. Like, the USHL outdrafted the OHL. That's bananas if you said that, let's say, 30, if you predicted that 30 years ago. So there is this, listen, Canada has this obsession with us. They always have the, everything. What's, what's America doing? American politics and America. Right, this, right. We Americans, we, we barely have time to think about, you know, the, the town over. And we're going <laughs> to think about, care about what's going on in Canada. So well, it's like this big brother, think... little brother type thing. I, I experience it all the time. The people that give me the most hell. Who? Who? I want you to name names. Always Canadian. Uh, you know, young Canadian men. the committee men. right now. Young Canadian men uh, have, have, have it out for me. So, uh, you know, but, I, but I, I, we, we love, where would we be without them? That's the way I look at it. We, right. we, we need and Canada. You know, so well, I think that still our head would get cold. There'd be no America's hat without Canada. That's right. Do you remember the 96 World Cup 
Remember the 96 World Cup with Richter? Yes. Uh, okay, so yes. summer 96. I don't <laughs> go off the subject, but it's just to make a point about the difference between Canada and America. They they showed like the, the hallway of the, of the Canadian locker room, and it was full with cards from like kindergarten kids like, please, oh, yeah. Eric win the game for us and and the american there was nothing the americans like yeah you know people I, we barely even knew that tournament was plugged was beat it was uh played Play and uh so it's just it's they think it's their game they don't like when the americans like the rangers red white and blue they draft nothing I, but american kids i think that's part of it right they think it's their game and also i'm telling you that 80 win against the russians killed them yeah because they wanted to be the team that beat the russians and the 1980 team i i've i've heard it by you know by a lot of canadian fans they call it the fluke on ice instead well, of the miracle on ice they you know they have 72 fluke. with the summit series right but, massively overrated bobby clark broke harlemov's ankle and yeah. uh there was a, the canadians gooned it up just like the 87 canada cup Gooned it up on Canadian ice at Hamilton, the Cubs Coliseum. Freaking poor Russians, Makarov getting their heads chopped off. Who was the uh, Who was the guy that they worship up there? He's got a big goal in that that Summit series. Paul Henderson. Yeah, that's ah. Oh, they worship that Paul Henderson. They love him. The Summit series was a big deal. If it, I, I, I recommend like that anybody has a chance to go back and watch it because you have to you have to realize the build up to get that tournament to happen where for years it was like we're the best no we're the best and so that's why it's such a big deal to canadians but uh Wasn't it like an eight game series yeah 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 it was, yeah. It, was, it was good hockey you watch it if you if you get past the grainy video and the the, the pace <laughs> yes that's a you know you, you hit the nail on i have a lot of vintage videos and you know i try to watch a game and I'm going oh my god how yeah, slow slow whistles every second they go along the boards and but you didn't think it was slow at the time no at the time no, no. i watched the mid 80s uh series against the flies i wasn't like at the time like oh this is terrible hockey it's just the rangers upset the flies it shouldn't count because it's slow no you didn't think <laughs> like okay let's get down to business get to bees bees whack i felt like i've interrogated you so i'm going to hand it over to jim and and take a swig of my uh not all right. So after after an hour and twenty minutes, I think we're ready to talk about the twenty twenty two draft. <laughs> and Steve, thank you so much. I hope. Uh, yeah. Hope we, oh, thank your wife for letting you uh, hang out. She's with home. Us. I love the girls and the wife at home. I'm I'm here. I'm in my in my little my paradise. Oh, great! Super. Oh, okay. So I I don't know. You know, we don't know anything about these guys. So I guess we could start. We'll start with Adam Sakura. He was their he was their top pick. Give us a little insight on Sakura. All right, so he uh -oh. really he might he might have been the most energetic forward eligible for the draft. Uh, this kid, you know, so I'm I'm watching Nitra because of Simon Nemets, and we knew about Nemets for a couple of years, and so when I'm you know preparing my list, right, to who I'm going to watch. I'm watching this freaking kid on the fourth line, and, and he is – he just doesn't stop uh, moving. And it's structured, too. It's not like he's a chicken with his head cut off. So uh, physical, quick, uh, you know, IQ-wise, you know, you want to 
kind of like interdict the route, meaning that you're going to sense where the puck is going to end up and you have to predict that the defenseman is going to reach that spot while he's skating at max speed. So to beat him to that part of that spot, you have to not only be faster, you have to take a direct route. You can't like, you know, oblique or indirect. You got to go straight for it. And he usually was there cutting that defenseman who was trying to break out and enter the zone on his own. Socorro was usually there left or right side, left or right side wouldn't matter. Uh, He would cover a lot of ground, cover a lot of ice. So uh, expert penalty killer, you know, you want to talk about offense. He didn't really play against kids his age uh, that much. And so here's the thing. Did, did, has, anybody mentioned, has anybody mentioned uh, Fitzgerald's press conference after the draft? Uh, no, nobody's mentioned The GM that. of the Devils? No. no. This is a big deal, Okay. So you know how like they're all so tight lipped, they don't tell you what their lists look like, and they say, Oh, right, it's not the board right. fell, blah, blah, blah. Fitzgerald, after they drafted Nemets, they were asking someone asked him a question like, Well, what, what do you think about the slow box and whatever? And he said, Yeah, yeah, we were and I'm paraphrasing, so I apologize, but I think you'll get the gist. He said, Yeah, yeah, you know, we really liked uh Nemitz a lot and and Slavkovsky. And then he paused and he goes, and Sakura too. And this wow. was after the Rangers drafted him. So you could basically deduce from that that the Devils were high on Sakura and that the Rangers might have I don't know what the what the draft was like. Um the Devils did not have a well, they drafted Casey at 46, but maybe they were the Devils were hoping that he would fall to them later on. But I, I thought that was interesting that Sakura was a guy that the 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 GM of our rival meant Mentioned his coveting, name in a yes. post-draft press conference. Right. Very rare. Yeah. Definitely. You certainly don't want to give the credit to the... Yeah, so uh, I like the pick, by the way. I support the pick. <laughs> Good. All Good. right. So, that, like so then we have uh, Bryce McConnell-Barker, center. Yeah. Uh, like him a lot. Big kid. He could skate. I know there were reports out there that said he he, he doesn't skate that well and... Uh, his compete level, I, I don't buy it. Uh, I, I have to disagree with them uh, respectfully. The He was a high OHL priority pick, for, I think fourth overall. So he was a kid who's always been on the radar. He was a projected first round, late first round, early second round pick. Entering this year, uh, the Sioux were a loaded team, really loaded. And so they, and they have one of the best centers in the game in Rory Karen's. So it's not like he was going to be the number one center on that team to begin with, but he basically played himself into the second line center role. And in the postseason, uh, postseason, the coach was just feeding the minutes, power play, penalty kill. So he's a guy that I was noticing first guy in on the four check, first guy on the back check to catch up to the opposing puck carrier, uh, you know, the structure, he's got to work on it, but he could be a playmaker. Very good shot. Uh, he could score from the circles. I expect him to have a big explosion point-wise next season. But uh, because it looks like the Sioux are going to graduate a bunch of guys. But I, I love the pick. I had him ranked 38th or 39th. And I on my in my office, I have a, a, a dry erase board. And I have what I call the big bump list. 
And the big bump list is basically kids that I'm like, I don't care what the rankings say, what Bob McKenzie says or whatever. These kids are getting bumped like 30, 40, 50, 60 spots. And he was my number two on that big bump list behind uh, Jordan Gustafson, the center for Seattle in the dub. And they both went in the third round, but whatever. To me, their first round caliber, late first round, early second round caliber. Was there anybody at that spot? Well, it's a chorus spot that you thought, because I know you have your favorites. Yeah. I, I watch back at some of the old shows and you, you got your favorites. <laughs> Who were your favorites coming in so far for the, for the first and second round that, well, the Russians, I was a, I was a big Russian guy um, because, you know, politics aside, we don't know what the world's going to be like five years from now when these kids are in their prime and they're in North America more than likely. And that's why I was against the idea that teams should avoid Russians because of what's going on. And there's, you know, there's confusion and you'll never sign them. I, I always look at, use the Caprizov example where they drafted him in 2004. 15 like the fifth round and he stayed there for five years and now he's one of the best plays in the game yeah and so I, I felt like the russians had a couple of plays in this draft who 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 could be potentially one of the top players at least on their team and you know paravalov trikazov and so i obviously i would have liked the rangers have drafted them but uh but i'm i was very happy with the first two picks Okay, that brings us to Noah. I don't know if I say his last name right. Laba, Laba. Yeah, 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 yeah. Big Igor Laba. Igor Laba. This kid's uh, big. He is a, a, you know, he's an overager. So right off the bat, you're like, all right, a kid who already got passed over. But he really was, uh, you know, one of the best players on his team. He's he's not a, a physical, just a physical kid. And I, I said he was a pain in the ass to play against. He's got skill. He's got hands. He could stick handle when you, he's got this explosive first step. Like, you know, we talk about Cackle beating people to spots, uh, you know, so I, I could see what the Rangers saw in him where you have a, a kid with leadership traits. He's physical, he's aggressive, he's a good skater, but he's also skilled. He could be a, a playmaker. He could score. He could make moves in front of the net. Uh, and the USHL is a, you know, it's a pretty physical league. It's not an easy league to score in, and so I thought that out of all the overages, he was one of the one of the better ones. So another pick that, yeah, ideally I don't like the overager thing because those kids don't hit as well in the later rounds as uh, the first year eligibles. But you know, it, it makes sense. So he could, he could play center. He's a center. He could play wing, but I think he's, he's going to be a center for them. Uh, you know, good size can move. And it, but now, now with three picks in, and all three picks fit into that same category, right? Physical, intense, effort, uh, above average speed. You know, the that's what they want. Seems to be a pattern with the new GM, and I guess his new scouting department. Uh, how about so that brings us to uh, Vittorio Mancini? Yeah, very familiar with him. Uh, I, I oh, don't yeah. know if he's Victor now. But Victor, Victoria. Okay. He might okay, be. So I think it's Victor. Here's the thing with him. Very interesting. So he's a double overager and he's a defenseman and he played for Nebraska or Omaha. I didn't see him play last year. So I have no idea what he did as a college uh, freshman, but I watched him a lot when he, cause he was one of those rare uh, 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 
rarities where he's an American kid who went to Sweden to play junior hockey. And he played for the Frölunda program, which has Carl Henriksen that the Rangers drafted. Who you love. You love that pick. What's going on with Carl Henriksen? Well, he's the number one center in the prospect pool for a long time. I think he's coming over. I think he's. Oh, I hope so. You were you were you were tapped. Okay, so go on. Good playmaker, wanna... uh, Henriksen. But anyway, so you have to assume that the Rangers in uh, 2019-20, you, you know, saw Mancini because they were, you know, watching uh, uh, Henriksen, and and this kid looked really good. You know, he's a big kid, but he's got soft hands. Uh, what I look for is when with these big guys is how they handle pucks, how they handle passes. Where like, can they receive a pass and then in one motion? send it in another direction, whether it be, you know, back to the point, uh, high to low, you know, stretch pass up ice, a home run pass, whatever you want to say, uh, call it. Uh, so I, I like that. I like his footwork. He was physical. He would deliver a big hit every now and then. So I would assume that I, – well, I felt like he should have been drafted back in 2020 and maybe even again last year. But I, I'm going to assume that in college with Nebraska-Omaha that he – the Rangers were waiting for him to maybe fix an area, whether it be his his first step quickness or his uh, his structure. I don't know. I always thought he was pretty structured before this year, but you know he's a double overage defenseman, and I like him. But there were two Russian kids on the board, Grudinin and Karamazlov. These kids have have top pairing potential. Uh, they got knocked down because of the whole Russia thing, but. Carolina got one, St. Louis got the other, and we got the double overage. Uh, <laughs> you know, yeah. So, you would think I, I'm rooting for the kid. I'm going to root for the kid, but you know, Jim likes him because he's Italian. Well, yeah, we like the Italians. Yeah, uh, yeah. What what made this kid at 17 years old go play in Frolunda? Was it a development? Maybe you know. It's interesting that I I, I really it's just not something you hear very. Maybe often. Maybe had a Swedish girlfriend. Maybe it could be, it could be, but, but you know, it, it was really good for his development because if, let's say he wanted a gauge where he was, he was a, a, a notable prospect, you know, in his, in his Bantam age, you know, 13, 14. So he was a kid that was on the radar for a while. And, you know, he goes to Fralunda and he, I think he was even paired with Simon Edmondson, the, the, the top 10 pick for Detroit last year. So he, Fralunda's got it loaded. That program's loaded. It's got tons of prospects on it. Uh, and so he was able to play with really the elite of the elite in Sweden. Uh, and I'm, again, I'm just surprised he didn't get drafted uh, before. Hmm. So maybe the way you look at it is you look at him as the Rangers drafted him in 2020 when he was supposed to go. And now he's a freshman in college, about to be a sophomore. He'll be probably like, you know, a number one, number two within a couple of years, kill penalties, and then he'll get to Hartford and be, you know, pretty polished. Right. Okay. That sounds a pretty good pick. What, fifth round pick? Not bad. I mean, I see what you're saying. You could have gone with maybe, I don't know, these Russian players, but maybe a yeah. more higher end, uh, like uh, more potential, maybe goal scoring or something, try to hit a home run. But it seems like everybody was kind of uh, shy of going with Russia. But I kind of agree with you. You don't know what's going to happen in five years. Yeah. Oh, you know. So speaking of Russian players, that brings us to Maxim Barbashev. 
Yeah, I like Maximum Barbershev. I'm Maxim Barbershev because he's the brother of Ivan Barbershev, yeah, who yeah. I really like. Yeah, he's a he's a similar player, cut from the the same cloth. Uh, played for Moncton in the in the Quebec League. Good size, good skater. Uh, you know, if you want to say a poor man's Othman, you know, where he's just he's flying down the wing, just drilling dudes, uh, freaking knocking them on their on, on their rear end. Uh, you know, re- just. But but it is, it, it's a controlled violence. It's not like out of control. And so he's got pretty decent puck skills. He's got a good wrist shot, good hands, operates well off the cycle. So I, another pick, I think I had him ranked like 135, or like 140, so maybe 125, somewhere around there. So uh, I got a, the guy who covers the Quebec League for me, uh, Danny McGillicuddy, uh, He's a uh, he's a New Yorker, so he, he's a range of fans. Oh, he posts too, so on uh, Facebook a lot. Yeah, yeah. And so he covers yeah, the Quebec a... League for me, and he he's he's next play. He used to play for the USHL. I did uh, not know that. So yeah, so he I, I trust him, and he was a big fan of his game. Uh, and but but when I watch the guy myself, I'm like, all right, I, I see what he sees. It, it's just this aggressiveness, aggressive forward check. Uh, will he ever develop into a big time score or even like a 40 point guy? Probably not. But another part of this whole thing with the overages, not, I know the Bob is not an overager, but it makes Hartford more competitive. So even if you draft guys just to make life tough or to create situations or an environment that is going to root out the weak of the, of the top kids, like you don't want to have Hartford to be like a pushover and, Oh yeah, you could play. You could you could play first line, first power play, no problem. Uh, when you have these kids show up there who have a couple of years on on the younger prospects, you know they've been in the weight room more. They they're in college. It's a it's a little bit of a wake up call. Uh, it's also a, a good for the culture. It's good for the culture of the or, of the organization to have a winning AHL team, and which frankly we have not. The AHL has been a sore spot for the Rangers. Right. Well, when I, they did, they had, you know, like Chris Chahaki and uh, – Who's the other guy they had? Stephen King? Stephen no, that King. Was, that, that was the – He uh, had the hat trick on ESPN against the Ducks or the Kings. Yeah. That was the Binghamton Rangers, I think he played. The on. Bingo Rangers. There you go. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I used to love going to those games. See, Dale Fe- – uh, Corey Dale, Hirsch. Corey Hirsch was, had that Corey like that. Corey Hirsch. Freaking Peter Fiorentino. Season. Do you remember that guy? He was Horse, the ultimate yeah. goon. 300 Peter, minutes. Peter Laviolette, Peter Laviolette, I think, played. Yeah, I, I went to one one of the few games he played as a Ranger, and he made a blunder at the blue line, couldn't keep the puck on that, and the other team scored. And I was like, this guy sucks. You got to go, you got to look at the old Ranger media guides uh, in the system. And oh, yeah. Some of the names oh, that was the best part. What was the best part? Go to the back of the book. Mark, Mark Heaslood. Uh, 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 what was his name? Uh, Mike Golden. Simon <laughs> Wielden. <laughs> Mike Golden. Yeah. I was like, Oh, the, what, 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 what young fans don't realize is we had no access to these kids. So when they would show up, it's whatever John Davidson told you. He's like, oh, this guy was a yeah. time. You're like, Rick All Bennett. Right. You get so excited. Like, oh, he's going to oh, be 50-goal scorer. <laughs> and they just vanish. <laughs> yeah, I used to – there was so much mystery. Uh, even like I, – because I, I, I used to follow like the WHA. And sure. I remember these little stories would come through like – Oh, Mark Tardif got uh, clubbed by Rick Giazio. It was one of the worst <laughs> things. It was horrific. And I'm mean, like, this is like it's got such mystery to it. 
And now, <laughs> now I hunt on YouTube for any video of it, and there's no no video of the actual hit, but there's the aftermath. The police came, he got arrested, whatever. Yeah. But uh, yeah, that's kind of missing now. You know, the back of the yearbook. Lindsey Middlebrooks in our system. He's going to be the next goalie. <laughs> Lindsey Middlebrooks. <laughs> you know, but uh, yeah, th those days are gone. But so far, it seems like you like you like where they what they're doing, right? I mean, under the circle, like I I was looking at within the context yeah. of a fifty win plus team, uh, a conference finalist, a pretty strong uh, prospect pool. The oh, Pantera, good taste. Yes, the music. <laughs> She's a big Pantera fan. Yeah, right. And five uh, finger death punch. <laughs> um, uh, yeah. So I wasn't. They didn't have a first round pick. Uh, they did. I, I like their draft last year, but I understand what George is trying to do. And John Lilly, his first draft. Is yeah, I, I was going to ask you, what's John Lilly's background? I just. I saw him speak. Toronto. He, he was Kyle Dubas's scouting director. He was the guy that, that ran Toronto's drafts. Okay. And that I'm I'm gonna assume again. This is I'm assuming speculation that Dubis was probably more hands on with the analytics, with with whereas Drury's a blood and guts freaking veteran NHL player who won, where he understands Dubis is a is an administrative guy, whereas Drury is a you know as much as we want to bash him for, you know, he was a guy that we all wanted, uh, you know, a, almost like a, a poor man's Mark Messier to a degree. So I think that he, he probably conveyed that to Lily and said, Hey, analytics, I'm sure that's fine and dandy, but I want guys who are tough to play against. And, and the last two drafts, you know, before Lily and even this one, it's, they all fit that same uh, description. And uh, let's remember, like you said, Chris Drury was a poor man's Messier, a poor man's Joby Messier. How do you like that one? <laughs> Barry Richter. And Barry Richter was a, was a poor man's Mike Richter. <laughs> right. Yes. Barry Richter. Wow. So uh, last on the list from, from Harvard, uh, Zachary Carpa, yep. son of Dave. Dave Carpa's son. Yep. Dave Carpa's son. Uh, so he was another guy similar to Mancini. Where he was on the uh, the draft radar for a while, he played for the NTDP, uh, and that NTDP wasn't as loaded as this year's or the one from 2018-19 that had like you know Hughes and Zegers in them. So Carpa was a a bottom six checker for them, but he was physical, uh, fairly soft hands, I guess. He could handle a puck, uh, but. You know, he, he's, a, he's, got, he's a center with size, a two-way type, a penalty killer, a good on face-offs, and I guess that's what happened with him at Harvard this year. So, uh, you know, does he replace a, a just they, – they didn't qualify Richards, right? Justin Richards? No, right. they didn't. Okay, so he was the guy that they brought in uh, with a reputation as being a, a, a shutdown two-way type. So one way to look at it is – you're replace. You're essentially replacing uh, Richards on the on the depth chart, but Carper, you got to wait for him to finish his education. So, uh, you know, average skater, average to below average skater, not going to put up a lot of points, uh, but hard worker, physical, uh, tough to move in front of the net. Will support the defenseman down low. Battle hard. Uh, battles hard in the corners. 
those are the things that, that that he was just like when he was on the NTDP. That was his exact, uh, you know, his skill set was highlighted by defense and physicality. Okay, so it looks like the Rangers just basically kind of address the needs they have now, but for the future. Whether they, I think one of the big things that was glaring, and me and Jim have talked about it, is you got to have a very effective fourth line especially in the playoffs. They've got to chip in. They've got to forecheck. They've got to be able to keep the puck in, in, in the zone. And I felt like the fourth line, whether it was Rooney and uh, it was uh, Brashear, not Brashear, Jesus, please, that's racist. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I mean, uh, Reeves, yeah. Reeves, Revo. And who was the other the goof they had on that? Dryden Hunt? Well, they had Hunt. They had Mott. I just feel like you can't. They had McKeg, very far in the play. Oh, he's gone too now, Greg McKeg. Yes, he's gone too. Greg McKeg 2.0. You know who I liked? And I, I would have liked to see him. I mean, we're talking about bringing Orphan up in the playoffs. I, I like Brodzinski. I, I was kind of. He wasn't bad. He wasn't bad. Size, effort, you know, but um, it, yeah, it, I agree though. The, if you want to build a fourth line at the draft and you're already a 50 win team, my only concern is that. You, know, you look at what Sather did with the Edmonton drafts when when the Oilers were the Oilers, and he just he just pissed away so many uh, picks, trying to do all funky stuff and trying to get depth guys and physical defensemen and bypassing really good players uh, that he might have been concerned. Well, you know Gretzky and Messi are blocking him, so I don't want to draft them. I don't necessarily agree with that. I think that you have to sometimes really go after the best players and not. You know, the draft board is differs from team to team. So the Rangers could have made a draft board and have nothing but physical guys on it. Right. And when they say, oh, that's how the board fell. Yeah, so the board, your board fell because your board was built to uh, uh, address a need. I think they had interviewed Lily, and he said they were basically just taking the best available. Yeah, but their best available. Their best well, available. That's they have true. A type. That's true. That's right. Their, their, their that is type a- is physical aggressive because you can't tell me that you know adam sakura is a uh, better prospect than let's say caliadelius the defenseman that the islanders took that kid is a big defenseman who could skate and is a playmaker and can run a power play um so you know everybody and their mother had odelius ranked um you know higher than sakura but when the rangers made their board they probably said well Oh, Delius is right. like a finesse guy. Oh, he's not a finesse guy, but yeah. You know, so that's why have fans have to realize that, like, when they say how the board fell, the every team will make a draft board, and it'll be based on what they want. <laughs> right. So if they want center, look at Arizona. Arizona said we wanted centers. Who did they draft with their first two picks? Two centers. So, and those that's how the board fell. No, that's how your board fell because. You had nothing but centers in the first 25 picks. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure there's a lot of subterfuge when these guys talk. That, oh, you know, of course. Plenty they, of it. it. You know, you're getting a line of BS. You know, you, they, yeah. they're never going to they're never gonna show that. They have a set uh, uh, way of doing things and that they're going to the draft prepared to draft. Yeah. I mean, uh, certainly uh, we saw a lot of defensemen and – you know, if you're going to build a fourth line, you know, get these guys ready now. And they, they've they got, like you said, energy guys, energy guys, guys who hit, 
they're gritty. Yeah. They're looking to turn it around that way. How about your boy, Libor Hayek? You were very high on him. And and I I stand up for the guy. But Ranger fans, I don't think he – why does he get – and they signed him for another year. Another why year. Why put this guy through the torture? Pretty good scratch for the nine games Gallant will dress him for. Yeah, I like him. I think he's got a future in the league as a regular. I don't think he'll be like a very good regular, but he's he's a he's a kid that the reason why I was always high on him was he played for bad teams and he was the number one and number two on you know, so it's almost a situation like with the goalie. You kind of sometimes want the goalie on a bad team because they're seeing a lot of shots when they're young instead of being on like a chase lounge and you know posting up like a 2.0 goals against and a 920 save percentage, but they face 15 shots a game. So that's why I liked about Hayek. Um, with him, you see, you see moments, right? They're not consistent, but you see moments. You're like, I whoa, whoa. capable I six. I don't yeah. understand. Yeah. But, you know, but they'd rather go out and get Justin Braun, but he's never in the equation. And I guess this is, uh, and even on the Ranger broadcast, they'll kind of knock him. He's still got to work on those finer points. They say that. I'm like, what does that I mean, mean? But you could say that about anybody. I mean, right. They could have said about Mark Stahl his last five, four, four five years there. Got, it's going to be a pan. He's a Panther now. Yeah. We wanted this guy out on a rail. We ran him out on a rail. I never thought he was that bad, but he's from a different generation. They liked him in Detroit. He actually wasn't that bad for the Red Wings last year. No. Uh, I guess uh, I think that's all I really got to ask. Uh, I think that's all I got there. Oh, uh, somebody asked about what do you think about Shane Wright dropping? Um, I I ranked him number one, but I expected him to drop. I didn't expect him to drop past Arizona if Arizona was going to draft the center. Uh, so Arizona basically determined that Cooley is the better center than Wright, and the the GM said that they viewed Wright as a shoot first guy and Cooley more of a playmaker who makes everybody around them better, you know, quote unquote. Uh, but the whole like stare down thing, I, 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 the right saying I should be number one. Sometimes you hear these kids say that you want to say, I oh, shut up. You know what I yeah. mean? Like just, just, you, 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 do you want to be number one? Yes. I want to be number one, but if I, I don't get drafted first overall, happy to be in the NHL and just, you know, to say, oh, I should be number one. Like, no, dude, like you were good this season. You weren't that good. Um, so we'll see. He's going to have to, you know, he goes to I Seattle. Think- Seattle's already got Mappaneers. So now he's going to be either the one center there or the two center there. Baneers is already established. They love him in Seattle. He was pretty good in the, uh, his cup of coffee late last season. But, I expected it. I didn't expect to see Nemeth go two, but he did. And the Devils, you know, they made a good pick. He's a good player. Uh, but the draft, for the most part, went the way that we all kind of thought it would go. You know, I didn't do a mock draft this year, but uh, I would have predicted that the top five would, would have been a combination of Slavkovsky, Wright, Nemets. Uh, yeah, it, some you know, combination. Is it Othman that played with uh, Shane Wright? Or was it Will Cooley? No. Uh, well, they might have played with him at the U18 Worlds. I think Othman was on the line with him uh, for that short tournament. Did any of the Rangers draft picks they picked this year play with him? Oh, maybe. It may have been Othman then. 
No, Hoffman, no. Um, Hoffman said that uh, he had talked to uh, Wright uh, during the season, and he he kind of said, "I you know I want to play on Seattle," and I don't know if he's just saying that to get out of what you know the stupid thing he said that I'm going first overall or whatever. But yeah, I, well, I think Seattle is a good landing spot for him. I didn't think Montreal would be good because the the pressure, and you'll see Slavkovsky. They're gonna be watching that kid like a hawk. Uh, and it's interesting to see how Galchenyuk was a disaster. Kakaniemi, in retrospect, was a disaster, the, how it ended. Those are top three picks and forwards. The Gary Price was a top five pick, and he worked out great. But, um, yeah, I think Othman and Wright were on a line together, and they're, they're no, that's close. That's probably why they have but, a friendship. Uh, you know, so uh, who hit it out of the park, just to sum it up, league-wise? Who do you think it hit it out of the park, and who fucked it up? Uh, I don't think anybody really screwed it up. Detroit, after Casper, they they just make these picks, and you're like, they'll pick a kid who's like the fourth best player on the team, and the three better players were available. and they. Right. So it's like, well, we saw something that you guys didn't. You know, it's like. All right, but but again, you say don't Let's cut say your the eyes, disease. Yeah, the we're the smartest man. guys in the room. Yeah, that whole thing. But um, yeah. uh, Minnesota, Carolina. Uh, listen, Minnesota getting uh, Yurov and Ogren. Yurov was my number three. The only reason why I think he dropped was because he was Russian. Uh, in addition to already having a strong prospect pool, and then. Uh, you know, Columbus getting those two defensemen, Matejchuk and Jiracek. You know, we're going to have to be <laughs> dealing with them uh, in a couple of years. Uh, I actually like what Chicago did. You know, people are beating up that poor GM. I like what he did. He's basically saying we're going to tank for kind of a daughter, Mitchkov, uh, first overall next year. I want no trace of, of the Bowman Blackhawks uh, to remain. And, you know, DeBrinket was going to cost him a lot of money to re-sign. Right. And if you try to unload him at the deadline, you're not going to get a seventh overall pick back. You're going to get like a 28th or a 25th pick because the contender is going to uh, uh, trade for him. So I agree with 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 that move. Um, you know, Montreal had a good draft. They drafted some pretty good uh, I'm glad. Players. I'm rooting for Gordon. I'm rooting for Martin St. Louis. Uh, you know, I got no animosity. I don't want to see the Canadians win because they're all stuck up their fans and they think who they are. <laughs> well, we've we, we've beaten them in the playoffs. Right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, wow. It, Chris Kreider like took... where we couldn't win in the in the forum for twenty five years. Well, that's before Chris Kreider viciously attacked Carey Price. Oh, they won't forget that. Yeah, but what was their excuse for ninety six? Uh, beat yeah. them fair square that year. Yeah, they had a two nothing lead. Remember in the Garden? Yeah, one four straight. Yeah, I don't know. That uh, I, I, I hope they do well. Yeah, it's still a lot. It's gonna of be range. tough though, because that division's loaded, and now you have three rebuilds already ahead of you: Buffalo, Ottawa, Detroit. So yeah, I think Buffalo made some. Uh, Ottawa's made some great. Ottawa really great moves. Uh, they re, they're getting out. They got uh, Cam Talbot. Uh, they got uh, Claude Giroux. Signed Giroux. Yeah. So that that you know. I can't pretty... wait for the season because there's going to be at least one or two teams from the from the Big Eight this year that you know the playoffs in the East will pretty much set at least the playoffs uh, spot in like you know January. 
Um, so I'm, I'm interested to see who's going to make a move. You got to figure the Islanders are going to try to make a move. Back. Ah, it's over for them. <laughs> Why did they fire Barry Trotz? It was the stupidest thing. Stupid. Lane Lambert? Come on, give me a break. I saw him as a Ranger. He stunk. I mean, they, what, they want to be more exciting? The Islanders were pretty exciting. exciting. When they, they don't have anybody. Who excited? Barzell, you want to see him skate around the whole fucking game? He doesn't <laughs> put the puck in the net. Anders Lee, the captain. All right, he's good. He's 25, 30 goals. There's nobody exciting on that team. Remember Lou Fai is, uh, he fired coaches after, after like, you know, 50 wins. Oh, yeah. Fired Larry Robinson yeah. after he won a cup. Ridiculous. Sorry, I'm going off on tangents. But uh, all right, Steve, man, I tell you, thank you so much for your time, man. I had a, a blast. Oh, I Steve, it was I good mean, to see you. Yeah. Everybody yeah, had likewise. a great time. Hope you guys are doing well. Your families, everyone's okay. Oh, I, yeah, I miss I New York good. like crazy, by the way. Uh, really getting homesick. I've been in Nashville Where now are you for five now? years. Nashville. Every, you know, a lot of people from New York move down to Smashville. To get that hot chicken. Yeah. Uh, well, they don't tax pensions. So that, that's, ah, that, that's, <laughs> that's what it is. Uh, but the, but also just, you know, I, I was in Brooklyn for my whole life and, uh, you know, the real estate exploded and you, you want to get more bang for your buck. And so. Definitely. Nashville is a great, it's so much. You yeah. Know. But I, I miss, I miss a lot. You miss the New York. I'm, There's I'm a lot Mr. of idiots Boone. up here. I can't I'm stand Mr. the Ranger Boone. fans. I actually love hate with most Ranger fans. I love all the fans of our show, but I hate everybody else. <laughs> now the people here are awesome, though. I, I got the the people that they're, live down they're here. Good? They're not. They they they're putting on a, a polite face uh, for us, but they they're, they're not. You don't know all these Southern people. They ah, you how you all doing? But meanwhile, they're like stabbing you in the back behind you. You know, you don't know. No, they, they, it's it's uh, it's a nice mix. We got a lot of Californians coming in. A lot of people from Chicago. A lot of people from Colorado. Well, even Colorado really? saying like Colorado's got the shit. I'm like that's news to me. Uh, but um, yeah, I still I still you know seeing the Rangers go on the a deep run, and I, I couldn't be home to like go to my ball. I used to go to to watch the games and. You know, I got homesick, so. Uh, Joe Catroni said to say hi, Steve. Say again? Joe Catroni said to say hi. Oh, what's up, Joe? He's in the chat. Joe, uh, I miss you, Joe. Oh, oh, that means all right in Florida. Yep. Yep. I'm going to see Joe in a couple weeks. Well, that's good. Everybody's bonding. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) So, Steve, uh, enjoy the rest of your summer. Thank you so much. One last question. Oh, I gotta one get last in. Question. One last question. He's like Columbo. I'm Just like Columbo. One more question. <laughs> one more question before I leave. Were you excited about the Rangers playoffs in the season? Did did you ever have a dream that there would be a Stanley Cup parade? Did yes, you ever allow was, that to get to, into your brain? I loved every second of the season. Um, I, I I I think we talked about it. Well, I know on my podcast I did. I said I'm. I'm usually the pretty like the negative Nancy, you know, self-loathing Ranger right. fan, but <laughs> I, I, I sensed that something was going to change that after what, the way they played last year, I remember I felt that the firings were a little premature. They were heading in the right direction. Uh, and I, I enjoyed every, every second of it. I enjoyed beating, beating Pittsburgh twice uh, in what, 
seven years uh, coming three, back three one week. deficit. Yeah. Um, you know, the, the beating Carolina, the game sevens, the really putting a stranglehold on on Tampa Bay for a little bit there. It was uh, happy for the fans uh, to to see that again. So that's why. Listen, you know, a critical of 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 Dolan and Sadis still has the role, I guess, but. It, it all worked out, but yeah. we, we got to give credit to, to freaking Gordon and, uh, and to a degree, David Quinn, because, you know, he's the guy that um, helped them transition from, you know, the, the basement days with Vino, uh, the, the collapse into respectability. Yeah, and I thought was, they were respectable last year. Yeah, right. they, they was they, he was a steady influence, you know. But you know, there's still detractors. People, you know, with people with coaches, they just get a hair up their ass about a coach, and uh, you know, he's not well liked by the general populace. I really had no problem with him. Yeah, yeah, I didn't like him. I didn't love him. But I wasn't gonna. I, I wasn't gonna go to bat him. for him and like be like, oh, if he had a good team, he'd be. Uh, they would went yeah. further. But but to answer your question, no, I I enjoyed it all. My daughters were into it. They were they were crying. When uh-huh. the uh, when the uh, they got eliminated, and that was a painful way to get eliminated. That game, the freaking, uh-huh. how do you give up a breakaway? You... Dude, my my daughter got my daughter got into it too. She she'd be texting me during the game, be like, "Dad, I'm so nervous." I'm like, "Oh, this is nothing." <laughs> I'm like, "You don't know what's you don't even know what lies ahead." But, and she texted me, and she'd say, "Oh, I, she texted me before game seven of the Carolina series. She said, she said, dad, I wish this game was at MSG. I'd have a better feeling about it. Yeah. Like, don't the worry thing about is, it. Younger fans have no idea row. about the, the devil series in 94, what that right. did to us and right. what, <laughs> how many during, times we died. <laughs> see, we uh, just, we did a, uh, when during COVID and there was no hockey going on, we had to talk about something. So we made a uh, bracket of misery. <laughs> it was all, we listed all the Rangers shit, like, it could be minute. Like, oh, that's great. It was great. Just narrowing everything down, making brackets, and then voting on everything. It, it helped us fill a good two months when oh, there was nothing so much, going on. so much shit. It was like, oh, all right, was... Barry Beck uh, gets hit by Pat Flatley. All right, let's put that down. <laughs> Kenny Morrow. Kenny Morrow must have been in there. It, it was, was in, you know it was was in you there. Know one? It'll surprise you because it, it's a fairly new one. My yeah. uh, my um, my all-time moment, though, in terms of crushing was – was the pitch Ron Francis and the oh the goal from yes, but it was just that they had that series and I was, it was you know the first President's Trophy first uh, I was so happy and excited and it was so crushing. I believe so that crushing. made it to the final eight. I believe the final eight. Number one was was it 2016 loss 15. to Tampa Bay at home? The game seven, yeah. Game seven yeah. one. Because I think the younger people, that's more fresh in their recollection where they still they fresh in mind seven years ago. Yeah. yeah John Drew, was John Drew up there? That was, uh, yeah, that was, that was one of on my there. most. Yeah, yeah that, that was, was that was one of them. And then, uh, uh, yeah, just, there was a you lot know what, of though, trades, I, you know, some of the, the trades. Moments, and, moments we've had in the franchise, Forget about the Stanley Cup. 
it had to be the sweep of the Islanders in 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 '94. How the, the just the domination oh, to shut great. them up. That's I Absolutely. think that shut them up forever. It, well, no, no, they're, no. They're it might mean it did. My cousin, he has, he can't uh, say anything. I live, I live on Long Island, and when the Islanders, <laughs> the Islanders had that you know two season thing they had, the jacket started coming out. <laughs> the, oh, you root for the rags? They're losers. You know, the whole thing. All of a sudden, 19, the Bobby Nystrom jerseys were back. Three, dude. Nineteen eighty-three. They used to sell T-shirts at the mausoleum that said uh, "Rangers Stanley Cup Champions, 1939-40. And now, what are we on now? We're on 39 years for them. 39 years without a cup yep. for the Icelanders. Yep. Uh, I, I hate them. As soon as the Rangers got eliminated, I started getting these fan texts <laughs> from Islander fans just saying, ah, ha, ha. That's so stupid, though. And, and, and I just ignored it because it's like, it's like, uh, you thought the Rangers were going to win. I'm like, I never said I thought the Rangers were going to win, but. Get used to it. I'm telling you, Rangers gonna be for a while. Yeah. So, I wish nothing about. I wish all bad things on those Islander fan Cretans that are out there. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, I really. I got their devil fans. I could take whatever. Maybe because I'm far, but when they. So now they all jumped on the Rangers. The casual fans now. My wife works at a school, and she's like, "Oh, it was all Islanders last year. Now it's all Rangers." So the kids go yeah. with the winners. So that's basically right. Yeah. <laughs> all right, Steve. Thank you again, Steve. It was good to hear from you. Let's hopefully maybe we'll talk during the season if you have time. Let's do it. All right. Always, yeah. always available for you guys. Always. Thank you. Thank we you. appreciate it. Take care. Have a great summer. All right, guys. Yeah. Take care. Be safe. Take care. You too. Bye. All right, bye, guys. There you go. Wow. The draft analyst. I'm sorry I pushed you. Two hours. Two hours. I had a lot of questions. See, this is what happens when I come with prepared. They, that's all right, though. I just that's take okay. over the whole broadcast. I hate doing that, but it's okay. I feel like a, this OCD thing in my head is I got to get it all out. I got to get all the answers because I want to learn. And also, my wife isn't around and I'm bored. <laughs> so I'm add him on for another two hours. But he's just so knowledgeable. Oh, absolutely. Knows, you know. Absolutely. <clears throat> Wait, we're we getting news. So get the wins news. Are we going. getting news? Uh, Mess and Gretz is reporting something. Oh, wait. All news all the time. This is 1010 Wins. You give us 22 minutes. We'll give you the world. Ryan Strom apparently has signed a five-year contract for the to the Dirty Ducks. Wow. Five years. Wow, to wow. play with Vetrano. You're right, Frankie V. There you go. So we uh, uh, we will uh, – we don't know what the uh, – <laughs> we don't know what the, the average salary is, but uh, we'll leave you with that. $12 million. Five, five years, twelve million. Five years, twelve million dollars a year. So, there you go. Well, Jim, an absolute pleasure. You want to talk to Connor? Oh, what is he going to add? Is he going to talk about something relevant? I you have know. a take? I don't know. We don't have a screener, so I can't tell you what his take is. 
All right, let's uh, bring him. He's on. got his puppy face on. You know how he gets. Okay. All right. Well, let's. What's up? How are you? Yeah, sorry, Eddie. I have my uh, Jeff Gorton impression on. Ah, you. A sleepy, sleepy dog. Yeah, a lot of couple of weeks. Okay, so what's your take, beer man? Couple of takes. One, I just want to tie myself to you and uh, Steve Corianos. I like him. I used to live in Brooklyn, but I've now am in the South, and it's just like much less expensive, which I appreciate. But on the other hand, I'm much like you in the fact that I hate a majority of the pedestrian Ranger fans, shall we say. <laughs> yes, that's true. I'm, I'm getting a little bit, getting too uh, too edgy with those guys now. I have to hold back, restrain myself from the stupid, we can get Patrick Kane and uh, Trocek, or we can get Patrick Kane and Cadre people who don't have... The, realize there's a salary cap involved in this league a hard one at that yeah this so, is not the nba or the nfl where you can exactly. pick someone out whoever you want and and also you mentioned the nba whereas you pick a guy in the first round and he he's gonna play in his first season hockey guys take two three years four maybe four years to develop before they can you know you have your special exceptions lafreniere and Kako for one Right, exactly. I mean, I will say, if we, if we, if each of those guys had spent a year in Hartford, I think that they would be much better off. But that's just me personally. Could be. I, I'm gonna. I'm saying it here right now. Capo Caco. When this RFA thing came up, I was like, "Why?" I just I think he stinks. I hope he proves me wrong. I said Filipino stunk, and he had a great playoff. He did. That's- yeah. I mean, I would still be nervous as shit if Capo Caco, or no, um, if Felipe was our second line center, but I'm thankful he won't be next year. Right. I mean, that's the only reason I'm happy about the Vinny Trocek uh, contract. Granted, uh, I hate that. I hate that signing otherwise. Right. What about, oh, so you, you hate, what do you hate the term? I would assume. I don't like the idea of signing another seven-year contract when you have Panarin, um, Zabinijad, Kreider, and Truba under that long term. I okay. don't like the idea of a possibility of yet another buyout. Okay, well, the, yeah, but I think the cap is going to explode in a couple of years. Right, uh, you're right. I, I, which I think, but I understand you don't, it's very risky to take on guys like this. But the average per is the reason it's front-loaded, uh, the contract from what I hear. I'm sure it's full of a no-movement clause to anywhere. That's, that's, what's that's a ranger. Get out of me. Right, is that right. the idea that by year four or five, there's a no-movement clause, and we're going to get stuck with him, and we're going to buy him out the way that we did with Stepan or Richard or Lundquist, that's what scares the shit out of me. Well, so what? Who cares? That's that's four years. I'm not going to worry about this guy's contract four years from now. Eddie told you. Eddie could be dead in four years. I could years. be dead in four years. What do I care about how long the term is? Well, <laughs> right. well two- We don't know how long Eddie's term is. We don't know yeah, how long my nobody, term is. Nobody's term. Well, two right. things. Uh, I'm not one, worried about it. One, 
if Eddie dies, I get one of his chairs, dibs. Um, <laughs> and then two, our window is not exactly huge. We have like a there's a window. Connor, this is this this predates you, but I'll tell you this story very quickly, and then we're gonna wrap up. Yeah. When the Rangers signed Brad Richards in 2012 or 13, whatever that was, Eddie, that was a, that was a, I don't know if you remember, but it was a big deal as to who he was going to sign with. This guy was sequestered in his agent's building, waiting for this massive decision to be released. Everybody thought, I, I believe Toronto was considered the front runner. And when it was announced that it was the Rangers, Eddie and I went on the air on Blog Talk Radio like 15 minutes later. And we did like a 20 minute show. And people in the chat, they his ink, the ink wasn't even dry, and they were already speculating when Richards would be bought out. I can't think like that. Not worried about yeah, it. Uh, the Rangers, like I said, they were the last team to get eliminated from the Stanley Cup. Right. They're, the the my inner feeling and my dread feeling is that they're not going to be as good as they are next year. But I don't see any reason why, as long as you got Igor Shesterkin. Um, but. When you get that close to the Stanley Cup, you got to play for now. And at, I think, and he filled a need. They need a good face-off guy. They he's he's better than Cop or Strom. You know, you know. I, I just think that I don't care down the road. They'll right. find a way. They'll right. Buy him out. I, I'm not into the finances. They'll shoot I'm him. Fan. What are we gonna do? Well, it ain't my it ain't my organization. We'll send him to Hartford. The Rangers got a lot of young guys that will be able to come in on ELCs, and if we got to buy these guys out, whatever. I think right now the Rangers organization is looking about as good as I've ever seen. Can I draft picks? What? Sorry, can I just make one final point before Jim kicks me into the curb? Okay. Look, I obviously. Sorry, go ahead. No, go ahead. Say it so we can leave. <laughs> Pushing two and a half hours here, and I work for a living. Yeah. Yeah, I work for a living, too. Thank you. All right, but he's been doing right. – I don't even go into this because that's a stupid comment. Yes. Because uh, you've been no. watching, and we're enter you're entertained by us. We're doing the ones entertaining, so two hours is a lot. Go ahead. All right, so I'll give you my half penny worth of advice. I, like you guys, would love about the, uh, the possibility – that we deal away Trochik the way that we dealt away Nash and McDonough. Nonetheless, I hope that in this three or four year window that we have Kreider at his peak and Truba at his peak and Shesterka at his peak and the kids are still before we have to break the bank for them, that we achieve that top-notch Stanley Cup that we so much desire within the last 25 years. But nonetheless, I don't know, given the history of a franchise, that I see that. But you know what? This helps. So I'll get by in those three to five years. Don't worry about it. Sports. Yeah. <laughs> don't worry. It'll all be good. What a fucking bunch of bullshit. Oh, my God. <laughs> all right. All right. Connor, thank you. Take care. We'll talk Take to you care. soon, buddy. Thank you. Yeah. The always lively and entertaining Connor. Yeah. Very good. Very good. Oh, he's worried. I'm not worried. I, I'm, I'm worried, worried either. 
I'll worry about it. I, I, why? What good does it do me to worry about the Rangers' financial situation? Are they worried about mine? No. <laughs> they raised ticket prices again. They ain't worried about arm, mine. These armchair GMs sitting behind in front of books. Right. Like he's a learned man. <laughs> he's got his, I said in the chat, he's got his sportscaster on Zoom during the pandemic look. Let me sit in front of all my books and my trophies and my and my helmet. Right. Overall, I thought it was a good day for the Rangers. And on onward and upward, as Buzz Lightyear says. Right. So. All right. That's it, Jim. I'm sorry I kept you so long. But- no, no, no. I knew I knew we we had a lot to talk about tonight. I knew tonight would be a long show. Uh, that's a, you know, I agree with the chat. There's some people I know that rock from two guys, uh, one cup, two cups, one cup. I know that he's not happy. No, he's not. Uh, you know, I'm not worried. I don't care. I don't care. They could have signed him to the eight year max. I wouldn't have cared. Did we get improved? Did we improve the team? Yes. Well, I will say at the end of the day, the the top six is better than it was when they went to bed last night. Yeah, I, maybe the the next show we can try to, and I hate doing this, but projecting the lines now. Yeah. So well, he's got a limited. Let the speculation notes. begin, because so now there's a vacancy on the first line. Yeah, well, you know, they got rid of everybody. And we haven't heard Tyler Mott yet, right? But Right. We'll I mean, I guess, where... I guess you know, that's the one thing, the, the disappointing thing uh, about the day is that, you know, now the Rangers are at the end, you know, they're, they're at the end of the first day of free agency and all the guys they got as rentals are gone. You know, we kind of hope that at least two of them are going to stick around. You know, yeah, I, I, I would have like liked to have seen Vetrano and and Mott, and now it doesn't look like any. You know, so they they did lose some assets getting those players, and now they've lost the players. So, you know, we'll see. But, yeah, well, they were they were good before them, but and they they were great in the playoff pushes, no doubt about it. Right, they were effective. Uh, maybe Sands a cop. But uh, you know, next trading deadline, maybe they'll pick up some rentals. I think they they're gauged to get some new bodies here on uh, uh, in the forward area from their system. So we'll see what happens. We'll see. I'm sure there's going to be more signings, more moves. Who knows what's going to happen? And uh, we'll come back next week if if you're around. Yeah, I'll be All around. Right. All right. uh, I'll let you know what date's good. I know uh, I think the 20th and 21st are no good for me. Okay. Maybe uh maybe Tuesday or maybe we'll have to skip a week because we're out of we're out of town this weekend. So oh, okay. Heading up to Lake George on Friday. Oh, everybody likes that Lake George. I haven't been there in years. The kids Yeah, have I haven't been there been. since the mid 70s. Yeah. I'm sure it's changed a lot. Probably a little bit. I haven't been there since uh early nineties. But the girls have never been, so we're doing something something different this year. Oh, good. That's good. That's a yeah. I, I think also I'm just I can't get. A, I think Chris Cavallis is saying that uh, you know that we got to put Sammy Blay into the equation too. You know, maybe they think him and Mott are similar players. I don't know. I don't know what they're thinking. As long as they're doing something I like. Right. So far, so good. We'll see. Sometimes maybe good. Sometimes maybe shit. 
that's how it rolls. All right. And with that, cue the music. Thank you, everybody, for being here. Thank you again to Steve Cornianos. If you are on Twitter, I feel sorry for you, but you can follow him at The Draft Analyst and make sure you do. You know, I'm sorry. That was the one other thing I needed to say about Steve before we go. You know, when Steve started doing this, he was like just a one-man band going to the draft, sitting in the crowd, doing this. He was just doing this almost a hobby. Yeah, he was kind of new to the whole thing. But now it appears to be a little bit. I mean, he's, he's talking about he's got people working for him, and he's got a. I mean, he's in an office. I mean, he's a little, wow. little bit of an industry, a little bit. Good for him. Okay, good for him. He deserves it. Absolutely. He's got a podcast, though. I'm gonna have to check that out. Yeah. All right. We'll see you guys soon. We love you. Thank you so much. We are now officially in year 14 of this program. Wow. And you know, Steve was our first uh, YouTube. Uh, uh, podcast. He was our he was our first guest on YouTube. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He might have been the first show. Oh wow, that's that's cool. That's interesting. I didn't know that. All right, all right. Good night, everybody. Have a great weekend. Take care. Take care. Bye bye, everybody. <laughs>